And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Flashback Friday. I am your host, David K. Montoya. Happy Valentine's Day, boys and girls. I hope you guys went out and had some fun with your significant other. And now that all the fun is done, now you're back home all snug and comfy in your beds and you're listening to my fat ass talk for the next three hours. Well, technically it won't be me for three hours. Um, also, other than Valentine's Day, today also marks the halfway point of the blackout. That's right. We've only got two more weeks left before all the other Jaisal Modcast shows return, and you'll be enjoying your favorite shows. I know that the studio has been quiet for the last few weeks, and I'm uh, looking forward to having it active again. You know, it's funny because, you know, as a podcaster, I'm here all the time, and I was just like, man, I wish it'd just be quiet. But now that it's really quiet, I wish it was active and loud. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and jump into the show. Each and every week, we get together. We pull three podcasts from the Jaisal Modcast archives, uh, dating back all the way from November 26, 2012. And we'll listen to those podcasts. I'll give you a brief synopsis about it. And then I'll send you on your merry way. Okay, kids. So let's go ahead and let's get started with the very first podcast of the show. Let me go ahead and grab my bucket of tricks here. Just like Felix the Cat. Eh, some of you guys might not know who that is. <clears throat> might be a little predated in telling people how old I am here. All right. Just a little side note, though. If you don't know who Felix the Cat is, you can always go and look him up on YouTube. Okay, so our first show of the day is... Movie Madhouse number 4. Released July 10th, 2012... Or, excuse me, 2013. It says, Mike and Rob talk about their love for... Despicable Me 2 and How the Lone Ranger Has Been a Bomb. That leads into a strange conversation about the westerns. They also run down the top box office grosses for the weekend and get sight about Pacific Rim. Okay, now if memory serves me correctly, I believe this one is before Jason, uh, before Jay joins the trio. Okay, so sit back, relax, and enjoy... The Movie Madhouse number four. And welcome back to the Movie Madhouse. It's the uh, July 9th edition. I'm Mike. I'm Rob. And welcome back, everybody. Do you know the significance of uh, July 9th? It's after July 8th. Close. It's two days after the most significant day. July 7th. My birthday. July 7th. Oh, there was that going on. There was that there? going on. Yes, yes. I forgot all about that. No, thank you. I feel the love. <laughs> Anyways, they're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about some movies. So, did you see anything worthwhile this week? I did so. What did you see? I actually saw something you saw, and it happens to be our number one movie this week, is Despicable Me 2. Oh, what a fantastic movie. Yes. What a fantastic movie. 
I think I enjoyed this one more than the first one. I have to agree with you. This one, I think they uh, they knew what they were going for, and they went for it with both hands. And it, it was just, end to end, it was funny. Oh, and like you said, in the first one, the minions were the nice tease. Mm-hmm. And they realized people love the minions. So in this one, you see them a lot more. You give them what they want. They're more pivotal, you know. <laughs> and, of course, the end. Uh, during credits, not the end of the movie, but the, during the credits. Oh, yes. Like in the first one, it was all 3D oriented, you know, how close to the screen can you get? So they do the same thing in this one with the big saw coming out of the screen. <laughs> I loved it. I I didn't see 3D because we all know my loathing of uh, 3D, but it, this is, that the end credit part was, it would have been fun in three dimension to see that. Well, see, this is one of those movies you can enjoy either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. But the added touch of the 3D. This is one of the movies where I feel it wasn't made into 3D. It was made for 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree there. Because there is so much in the movie where you get immersed into it because yeah. of the 3D factor. All right. So Despicable Me 2 was number one at the box office. What did we do for the weekend? Or would we do? <laughs> like, we have any part of that? Kinda. Oh, yeah. That's my other job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This weekend, it made $83.5 million. <laughs> and a gross so far of $143 million, Jeez. Which is like three times more than our number two slot. Which was? The Lone Ranger. Oh, that's a big smoking crater of a movie right now. Yes, yes. Uh, weekend total was $29 million. <laughs> Gross total so far, $48 million. Oh, man. Not bad, considering the budget was $250 million. It's only got to make another $200 million. No. This is, there's, I've been reading online, and it's saying once all the, the splits are figured in, uh, the Lone Ranger had to make $800 million to uh, see any any kind of profit at all. Uh, this has got to be one of the biggest bombs of the year so far. I think they were banking way too much on this movie, only because nobody of this generation knows the Lone Ranger. If anything, they would have gone for Johnny Depp. Yeah. Well, at least everything that I heard about it was, uh, it's Pirates of the Caribbean and Cowboy Hats. And if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, you've seen The Lone Ranger. Except people enjoyed going to see the pirates. I'm not sure why they're not enjoying this. Because they already saw it. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) And again, I think, like you said, The Lone Ranger has been out of the public eye for generations now. And it, it... Nobody knows. And they said it was the older gener... The Lone Ranger was the older generation's... Uh, superhero. Yeah, it was their superhero then. And it, it just... And to tell the truth, I've never heard of Army Hammer, the man that played the Lone Ranger. I've never heard of him up until this point when they, the movie started to come out. So, it, it like... Did they bank too much on Depp? Like, I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking yes, too, that... People liked seeing Depp in these wild roles like Jack Sparrow and uh, Edward Scissorhands, just the bizarre characters. And you look at Tonto with the makeup and... <laughs> it's hard to see the Depp. It is. 
And I just did a quick look, and before this movie, the last movie that came out was in 1958 about the Lone Ranger. <laughs> well, there you go. There were two TV episodes that were that came out, and one straight to video movie in '81. But other 80. than that, the Lone Ranger has not been a public piece. No, no. It, it, I think it was a valiant effort to try and revive an old franchise, but I just they didn't hype it like. It, it just, it, it wasn't going to work. I honestly believe Disney should have listened to their own creation, Toy Story, when they said with the invention of the Spaceman, Cowboys are out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody goes to see the Westerns anymore, nope. unless no. Clint's in it. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, the, the, the Western... <sighs> okay, Clint, e- Clint Eastwood can do in Western now because... He's so tied with that. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there, that's a one-trick pony right there. Well, real quick, what's the last big Western movie you can think of? Uh, 310 to Yuma. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the star power it had yeah, behind it. Yeah, that's though. true. That's why everybody... They said that's, they said when you think of the, the, the current Westerns, it, it has to be 310 to Yuma. Uh, before that... Um, Probably Wyatt mm, I would say Tombstone before Tombstone, I said Wyatt Yeah, okay, yeah, Tombstone. Yeah. That had more public draw than Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp had a lot more fact, but Wyatt, Tombstone was far more entertaining. That's true. That me, is very true. There will never be another Doc Holliday other no. than Val Kilmer. No. Dennis Quaid did a really good job in Wyatt Earp, but it was not Val Kilmer's yeah, Val, Doc. It's, it's a, Val, Val Kilmer, he killed it now. Oh, one, yes. In Tombstone. And then I think before that was Unforgiven, and that's what started the whole new Western generation. Okay. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Exactly. Westerns are hot again. No, they're not. Yeah. Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman are hot. (laughs) Yep. They're the reason they went for that, and I think the grittiness in that particular movie is what kept it alive and made it what it is. Well, speaking of grittiness, uh, the True Grit remake with... um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Sure. Look good. And it did okay. Like, but, it made its money. Yeah. But it wasn't what the classic was. No. Not yeah. at all. Not and at that all. actually surprised me, because it had a lot of star power. Matt Damon, Jeff Bridges, you know. Yep. But, all right. Okay, how do we get on Western? Anyway, sorry. Let's Ranger. get on. Okay. Okay. Um, number three. What was number three this week? The Heat. Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock. <sighs> really? Buddy cop movie. Uh, it made $24 million. Almost twenty five, and to gross so far, it's eighty six million. <laughs> okay, yep. People are loving this movie. I, I've seen the trailers at the show, and it just holds no interest for me at all. Well, secretly, I want to see it. <sighs> yeah, again, you're breaking my heart. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I can't help it. I I do love Sandra Bullock, and. Uh, I'm starting to like Melissa McCarthy. I watched Identity Thief recently, and, uh... Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was a nice combination, those two, Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy. Okay, I said... I like Melissa McCarthy. Um, It's just in small doses. 
like half twenty two minute chunks of uh, Melissa McCarthy. Mike and Molly. There you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, All right, what else we got here? Number four, Monsters University. Well, that I haven't seen yet. It was it was a toss up between Despicable Me and Monsters U this weekend. You made the right choice. Oh, okay. Yes. Monsters University is okay. Like, it's good. It's got some great moments, but Monsters, Inc. is better. All right? Um, it made this weekend just shy of $20 million, and so far to date, $216 million. Ooh, poor Pixar. Yes. <laughs> Whatever are they going to do? I don't know. They said their wheelbarrows full of money are going to start breaking. I know. They're going <laughs> to have to buy more wheels and yes. more handles. <clears throat> And then rounding out the top five, our movie from last time, World War Z. Oh, so the Man of Steel dropped out of the top five. Oh, it? it did. It bottomed out. World War Z. Uh, let me see, eighteen point four million to date, one hundred and fifty-eight. Oh, almost one hundred and fifty-nine million. Wow. Then it's White House down, and then Man of Steel. Now, it only did eleven million on the weekend, but to date, it's not doing too bad. Two hundred and seventy-one million. Uh, that's. It's, I bet you if you still look, where okay, where does Iron Man fall into this? Is it still? It is still listed there, and again, these are American box office totals. This is four hundred and six million. Whoa, yeah. So Superman's catching up. Yeah, but you have to realize Superman is sitting at two hundred and seventy-one million. Despicable Me is sitting at one hundred and forty-three million on its opening weekend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I. I I think we see which way this one's going. You can see quality yeah. in the totals there. Well, talking about uh, Man of Steel, I was talking to one of the guys I work with today, and we actually, it wasn't so much the Man of Steel. Like, well, we, we were talking about Man of Steel and Batman and how the JLA movie is not going to happen in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Not in this lifetime. But we were talking about the Avengers and... How, if Disney would ever be able to get back the X-Men franchise and the Fantastic Four franchise from all the, the people, I think, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. From Sony. Oh, could you just imagine? They, I, they would they would go to Joss Whedon and say, <laughs> Joss, go. <laughs> Here. They said, you, you have now the blank check of all blank checks. Go make us the greatest Marvel superhero movie ever. I think it was our friend Jeff on the Facebook page that said if they got all of them back together, it would be a monster. It would just be unstoppable. Oh, yeah. And he said, well, listen, you know, if you have the entire Marvel Universe and you have Star Wars, who, who's going to stop the mouse? Exactly. It's, it's just going to take right over. But the, the geek in me, like the prospect of Joss Whedon getting his hands on the entire oh, yeah. Marvel Universe... Or even having the entire Marvel Universe under one house. And the the, the potential of the movie that could come out of that is just like, wow, okay. Like, it's just trying to think of, okay, you have to be like a Secret Wars or something like that where you got every bad guy and you got every good guy. That would be actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Because it always bothered me when I watched Daredevil. That some of the major characters in Daredevil weren't in it because they were in Spider-Man, and it's a different company. Yeah. So therefore, they couldn't cross. You what? know. And they said, "Ah, the politics of uh, movie business." Oh yes. Well, wow. said, "I, 
I can see Disney offering whoever owns X-Men billion billion plus to get it back. Well, they did you, just spend $4 billion on Star Wars. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so they've got the pocketbook. They can just reach in and say, what do you want? And said, we can, uh, we can get it for you. And you know what? Even if they don't have it now, they wait till Star Wars 7 comes out. Oh. Boom. They're back in the, in the black yeah. again. And yeah, oh, I don't think they're in the red by very much. <laughs> they are at all. <laughs> you had a good one on the uh, the movie Madhouse Facebook page. Um, your favorite franchises. Oh, the Bond movies. Yes. And uh, you and I both got into a uh, <laughs> wonderful little argument about the Bond versus the... I picked, I picked the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, and I picked Bond, which is weird... Considering I'm the hugest Star Wars geek there is. said, I think you financed one of the wings of Skywalker Ranch just by uh, (laughs) just looking around the room here. I I do believe I have helped George immensely. (laughs) Yes. But, uh, yeah, if you look at it, Bond has got 23 movies out now over the span of 40-plus years. Yeah. Now, that is impressive just on its own. Okay. It, it It is an impressive franchise. I give you that. But I don't think it is as worldwide as Star Wars. I bet you you could play the Star Wars theme song and everybody knows it. You play the Bond theme song, 75% of the people know it. Actually, I don't know if I'd agree with that so much because Bond theme is in so many commercials. You know, I do believe Star Wars is more recognized than most other franchises. Sounds like we're going to have to put up a poll on the uh, Movie Madhouse Facebook page. I'm thinking this page. is what it sounds like. Yeah, so we'll, 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 let, we'll let the uh, the crowd decide the fate of uh, how this is going <laughs> to go. <laughs> I still can't believe I'm going against Star Wars on this. Oh, I know. Listen, poor George Lucas is rolling over in his bed of money. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Just, All Rob, right. Rob who? Who's oh, that yeah. guy? <laughs> So, we both saw Despicable Me this weekend. We both loved the snot out of that. That I want to go again. <laughs> I know. They said it was, like, there's, there's so much stuff that happens. Like, even look at... Yeah, it's one of the ones you got to look at the background sometimes, and there's stuff going on in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, the Minions. They I, make... I want movie. Minions. I do, too. I want Minions. Sadly, I've developed a way I can make my own Minions. Oh, of course, I'm going to have to eat a lot of chocolate because I need a lot of Kinder Eggs. Uh, and then I can turn those little yellow things inside <laughs> into minions. I'll have an army. <laughs> it would be a, an inanimate army, but well, still... It's ar- one step closer. Army-ish. Army-ish. There you go. <laughs> That's right. If I find a way to throw them at people, that would no. work. So, what else we got here? Well, I did see one of the movies you posted about on the Facebook page, American Mary. Ah, uh, yes. It kind of, you know, piqued my curiosity. I, I read the blog, or not the blog, the little, little snaps. Right up. And it's like, hmm. And then you put your, your two cents in about it. It's like, now i got to watch it. So I did. And you're right. It's not your classic revenge movie. No. said it. They said, the character Mary Mason, um, played by uh, Catherine Isabel from uh, Ginger Snaps. Yep. She, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure of the compressed time frame. I heard it was like a very compressed time frame that they had to shoot this movie. But she went full into this character. Like, when you when you first meet her, 
she's the stereotypical starving student trying to make ends meet. She's hundreds of dollars behind in mm-hmm. rent and phone and bills and like this. And then her, her professor is a just a royal dick and he's uh, making her life miserable. And then she gets a, gets a break and gets invited to this party with the other surgeons of this hospital that she's interning at. And it all goes downhill from there. Yeah. And they say instead of folding in on herself and like she just creates a new Mary Mason and it's, it's something to behold. It is. You see a lot in, like you said, the the body manipulation and the body... Oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Modification? Modification. There we go. Um, you do see a lot of that in this movie. And basically her expression in it. Yeah. I, it didn't go the way I thought it would from reading about it. Mm-hmm. It went in a completely different way. But I really enjoyed watching this whole movie. Yeah. It, it's there, There's a couple spots where it's not really for the squeamish. There are a couple. and um, But... It, it it is like I said it it lays it out right where like the the box is her covered in blood with a bone saw in her hands so you kind of know what you're getting yourself into exactly <laughs> but now I can kind of segue into my next movie with this because of the whole blood content uh, a friend of mine recommended I see it and I did want to see it in the theaters but I never had a chance was Evil Dead the remake I'm still kicking myself over that one too yes now. I hummed and hawed when I first heard about it coming out. But then I found out that actually Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were both producers of it. So I thought, okay, well, it can't be that bad. I got watching it. They did modernize it and give it more of a a, a grit that the first one had more of a campiness. Mm -hmm. This one had a grit. The story this time revolves around one girl that these people bring out to a cabin because she's trying to give up drugs. And this is her intervention. intervention. Gotcha. One of the people is a registered nurse, so they brought the methadone, they brought the drugs, so they're going to sit here for a week or whatever it takes to get her through this. This is the story that keeps them in the cabin. Okay. I thought, how are they going to stay there? And she kept saying, because one of the characters is the main character's brother. They said, last time we tried this with her, she bolted, so you got to make sure she stays. You can't give in to her. Hence, now they're trapped in the cabin. Okay. Okay. The one thing I found interesting is doing some research into the trivia. This film used 70,000 gallons of fake blood. Okay? 40,000 gallons in the final scenes alone. Wow. The original used 400 gallons. (laughs) It's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check this one out now. (laughs) And um, there's a lot of nods to the original. Excellent, cool. The cabin itself... Identical to the original. Beautiful. It's got the main front cabin, the rooms in the back, the big windows, the whole bit. And there's even a nod after the credits. Ah, okay. Yes. One of those, like the Avengers, you stick around for after the credits, same thing. Stick around. It's It's fast. It's like three seconds, but you'll love it. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. I did see another one that, it's like the complete opposite end of uh, that. I went, I, uh. I watched uh, Hitchcock. The, oh, yeah. Uh, Sir, Sir Anthony Hopkins, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Helen Mirren. It's about 
the Hitchcock um, trying to get Psycho made. I completely forgot about that movie. That was a fantastic movie. Really, like I said, you look at the three main actors. I think Jessica, uh, Jessica Biel was in it as well. I think you're right. And uh, she played uh, Vera Miles. Um, they said Scarlett Johansson's uh, Janet Lee was spot on. Really? Yeah. And um, well, everybody, everybody playing their part was fantastic, as was well to be expected from the, the caliber of actors that were in that movie. Um, I said it, it, it was a fun movie. Like the uh, the interactions between uh, Hopkins and Helen Mirren's character, they play Alma and uh, Alfred Hitchcock, respectively. You know, just the interactions between those two alone is worth the price of admission. It's just just going on at each other, kind of snipe at each other. And just, it's, they're an old married couple that have been making movies forever. Okay. And it is, it was, it's a, a really well done movie. It looks fantastic. Well, I think I might have to watch it only because I'm noticing there's one character in there. I have not seen in movies in forever. Who's that? Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. The Karate Kid. Yes. What is he doing in that movie? Well, he just... Okay, I got to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suggest, like I said, that one's a really good one. Um, another really good one that I saw, I don't know if you've seen it, is uh, Benefits to Being a Wallflower? No. Oh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's right. Probably one of the best coming-of-age movies I've seen in a very long time. Ever since, probably, the John Hughes stuff. This is, like... The music that they're releasing, this is uh, starring Emma Watson. Yeah. And, um, oh, I can't remember the two actors' names. Um, but it was just a fantastic, oh, it was, it was so oh. good. The music and just the the, the interactions of the character, it, 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 it blew me away. Like I said, it was, I raved about it. To, I'm, I'm telling my wife, you gotta watch this. I'm put, I'm, I put the DVD in her, DVD in her hands. So watch this now. Really? You're gonna like it. Yeah. Which is, I know I want to watch it. I wanted to watch it ever since I heard about it. Only because one person's in it that I never pictured being in that particular genre of movie. Tom Savini. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed him in the movie or not. Yeah, you, he has a he has a very standout part. In does that. he? Yes, he does. You as soon as he as soon as he appeared on screen, I went, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, he's like the king of horror, and he's in this particular movie. That's yeah. kind of what caught it's, my eye. Okay, I'll, he plays a, a woodshop teacher. Okay, so <laughs> okay, okay, I can buy that. Yeah. So I said it, it, it was a very fine movie. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was like it. It goes right up there with my love of like Cloud Atlas, and like I said, you just had to poke that one again, didn't you? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I am sorry. It's just it was just a fantastic movie. Like all like you said, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Cloud Atlas. They're now so far up in the top. Well, I'm gonna have to start making a top ten list all uh -oh. of a sudden. Uh oh. <laughs> I see some more polls going well, up. On more the polls, yeah. So, but it, it was, uh, I know. Again, on the other end of the spectrum, I watched the drizzling shits of a movie called Superhero Movie, brought to us by the uh, makers oh. of Scary Movie. Yes, I took a bullet for the team on this one, and believe <laughs> me when I tell you, do not waste your ninety minutes. Uh, there's, I... there's. 
way more and more important things to do, like washing socks or trying to wash your cat or anything like that. Do not watch this movie. Yeah, I watched the first ten minutes. I had it given to me, uh, a copy. I'm sure it was legal. And I watched the first ten minutes, and I turned it off. I, I never do that with a movie. I was not, not that smart. No? No, I... I, I you had the hopes it would get better. No, I knew it wasn't going to get any better. <laughs> it's like a car accident. It, 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 it was a car accident. I just had to sit there and watch it. Uh, it, it just... Wow. You want to watch an interesting movie? I don't even know if I would categorize it as good, bad, indifferent. I was told about this movie and warned about this movie, but I watched it anyway. It's called The Human Centipede. <laughs> I did watch that nonsense. <laughs> that is the epitome of a car accident movie. Oh, it was brutal. Because you just... you're you're watching it going, it's got to get better. I can't watch this. What is this? Oh my God, I got to look. It's... <laughs> and then they made a second one. Okay. I got to beat. Uh-oh. I watched about half of the, the sequel. Seriously? Seriously. <laughs> I'm not proud of that, but I did. <laughs> but I, the the best part about it is it was only half before I went, oh, this is enough of this Forget crap, and I shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I watched it. <laughs> you feel bad. <laughs> oh, now, sorry, what are we... The acting was okay. Some of the actors were good. In what? There was a couple of the, the prisoners that were, I like their acting, but I think the, the that's... Dogs? <laughs> I did like one of the dogs, yeah. actually. <laughs> okay. Well, coming up this weekend. Oh, this weekend. I know. Two biggies. Oh. Well, one a biggie, biggie and a half. The half is grown-ups, too. Oh. Yes. Yeah. You get to see that bunch again. Okay, great. Now we can go on to the next one. Yeah, that's right. This is the one I've been waiting for for a long time. They better hope this doesn't bomb. I don't care. I'll, I'll prop <laughs> it up. I'll go three times if I have to. In 3D. Pacific, you'd 3D. go in. You would go in 3D if I had to. Really? Yeah. See, now this is a movie that screams 3D to me, with monsters oh. jumping off the screen and ro- Pacific Rim. I guess Pac- I should get the title. Pacific there. Rim. It's got to be bigger. Sips. Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. There you go. What is now, it? Pacific Rim. Yes. But what is it about? It is about giant monsters getting beat up by giant robots. Yeah. There's nothing else that needs to be said about this movie this, except oh, don't there's no except oh there is an except right. one of the best shows okay on FX Sons of Anarchy oh two of the major stars from that movie that show are in this movie Gemma no 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 two of the major stars oh 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 Ron Tig? Per- Ron Perl- I wish Tig was in it yeah, yeah Tig would be fun <laughs> Ron Perlman and Charlie Hunnam are in it oh so Clay and Jax go figure. And there I banged on the table again. You, you, and at least you waited this long to do it. Quit banging on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what first drew my attention to it. I heard Charlie Hunnam was in it, so I started investigating it and finding out what it was about. I didn't even go that far. I just heard somebody goes, giant monsters and giant robots punching each other in the face. <laughs> I'm in. Deal. Sign me up. I don't care who's in it. I'm in. <laughs> this also has a really cool marketing ploy by Cineplex. They have the super ticket. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got that email today, too. Yes. You get a ticket for the movie. You get a digital download when it's available. Yeah. You get extra points for your scene card, yeah. and you unlock bonus content. Yes. Now, I, I don't know the exact price. We were trying to look it up earlier. It's around the $70 mark. Yeah. 
But well, it's a, it's a pretty good deal if you think about it. And like I said you, you get the the digital digital download before yeah. for everybody else does basically exactly. like the day of release. You're getting it at twelve oh one at night, and this, uh, the even like I said the scene card. I love my scene card. Oh, I live by it. Yeah, that, that's I do. A, that's a, I think you you've hacked the. Crack the code on how to do that right <laughs> with the scene card. I just walk in and say, here, take my card. <laughs> Give me my popcorn. <laughs> yes. No, I, I've worked the system and I love the system. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've actually paid for a movie in quite some time. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And so I think I'm, I'm one movie away, actually. I am looking forward to this super ticket only because there have been so many movies I've gone to see. And you watch it and you get home and you go, damn, I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like two in the morning and you can't go to the theater. Now you'll have the digital download. Yep. I think a lot of, a lot of production companies are going to have to go this way to counteract piracy mm-hmm. because like, well, you're not going to stop piracy. Uh, your best bet is to mitigate the damage. You know, in all honesty, I believe the 3D that's out there now it's becoming so mainstream I believe is in effect trying to prevent piracy because you take your glasses off and try and watch a 3D movie it is blurry as hell oh it's terrible what are most of the pirated copies coming out video cameras in the theater yeah, yeah. so you're just going to get the fuzzy screens yeah. so I believe that's part of it oh hopefully but. yeah, yeah. So it, it, it could work I, I think if they offer it with the right movie the right movie has to be bundled with this to make it really work. Yeah. And I think Pacific Rim might be the the first one for this to try it, and it might actually work really well. I think so, too. Yeah. And now, on a real quick note, coming up very soon, there's two huge movies that I want to see. Do tell. Red 2. Red 2. This looks good. Yes. I liked Red when it first came out. I thought that was sweet. John Malkovich is still my favorite from that. Oh, see that that said the the people in that movie are just like the the star power. So we keep going back to star power, but that's what drawing the people to the movies. Like if you if you don't like the people that are in the movies, you're not going to go to the movie. Exactly. And these people can act like there's no tomorrow. Oh yeah, they're all tried and true. Yeah. Let me just pull that up real quick. I just want to remember, I know there's John Malkovich, I know Helen Mirren's in it, I know uh, Bruce, Willis. Bruce Willis is in it. Uh, Who else is in there? Oh, oh my god, Catherine Zeta-Jones, yep. Mary Louise Parker, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Holy smokes. Oh, and Titus Welliver. I love him. Especially from well, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Go figure. And then I keep seeing commercials for another one coming up, R.I.P.D., yeah, you just told me about this one today, and it's got again a few stars in it that are really big: Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds. Um, I would argue that Ryan Reynolds is a big star. He still carries some weight, not yeah. like he used to. Okay, I'll give you that. He does. He okay? Yes. Okay. He, he's a star. <laughs> yes. Not one of the superstars. Yeah. Like, if we had to take the proposal back when he was actually a big guy. Yeah. Him and Sandra Bullock, I do believe Sandra still has the super in front of her name. I would think so, yes. Where he has just the star. Yeah. And then finally, I am so dying to see this. It comes out next weekend, The Conjuring. The Conjuring. You showed me a couple trailers online for this. Man, 
this looks like it's going to be a scary ass movie. I like scary movies, not oh, yeah. not scary movie the franchise, but a good good horror ghost story. I'm really off the trailer. The two trailers that I saw, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait. This one is actually directed by James Wan. Okay, he's one of the producers and writers for Saw and Insidious. Yep. And I remember when he did Insidious, he did an interview saying, I am not one of those people in a horror movie where we'll throw a cat at the screen just to make you jump. He says, if you jump, it's because there's something scary going on. Yeah, not a misdirect. Exactly. And from the trailers I've seen on this one, like the clapping hand trailer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that clapping (laughs) hand trailer. That's creepy as hell. (laughs) Just watch that trailer alone, and you'll want to go see this movie. Or not. Yeah, or Okay, or not, yes. <laughs> That'll make or break you right there. Yeah. If you had any inkling of not going, that would do it. <laughs> so, I am dying to see it. Like I said, especially because James Wan. Yeah. I love James Wan from Saw and from Insidious. Yeah. Our- it, it was cool because, I can't remember, oh, and this is so sad. The two people that wrote Saw... James Wan and this other fella, whichever his name is, and I'm going to kick myself as soon as I say it, he actually starred in the movie, the other fella. Oh, yeah? He was the other dude chained in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, James Wan and he. I I wish I could remember his name. But they were the ones that wrote Saw. And uh, they they dabbled in Saw too. but then after that it just went crazy. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we're uh, closing in on the end here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Time for some... uh, Plugs, I'm thinking. Yeah, what plugs do we have this Christmas? Uh, JX3, I think they're on hiatus for a week right now. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, JX3 just wrapped first part of principal photography. Gotta use the technical terms. (laughs) For Heart's Journey. Okay. On Sunday. Uh, It picks up again, I think, mid to late September, finishing up with filming. Starting this weekend... Uh, beginning of principal photography for Wilderness Journey. The oh, okay. kids... Wilderness uh, Adventure? Wilderness Adventure. Sorry, yes. Wilderness Adventure. Oh. I had Journey in my head. <laughs> and okay, this is going to be sad. Don't tell anyone I said this. I actually have a role in this movie. And I read the script today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you start shooting this weekend. I read the first couple pages of quite a few times. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll read this later. Oh, okay, I'll read this later. <laughs> I actually finally read it from front to back. There is some dedication to those yes. crap, folks. That's why I said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's a don't, secret. Don't tell Corinne or Christina. Yes, yeah, it's just you, me, and everybody listening. That's a secret. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed that script. I cannot tell Corinne that because it'll go right to her head. <laughs> so, yeah, don't listen to this. Um, I'm looking forward to filming this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And awesome. I think people will enjoy seeing it. Excellent. You know? Excellent. I, 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 I'm really looking forward to hearing set reports from this. Oh, yes. Right. Um, the big thing that I got going on right now for um, this is July 13, uh, here in Chatham, Ontario, at the Wish Center. Headlock on Hunger. Headlock on Hunger. It's yes. uh, J.D. Uh, GWN <laughs> Pro Wrestling presents JXGWN. Yeah, I know. Too many. PDQ. Oh, a handful of letters and <laughs> yep. numbers. GWN's Headlock on Hunger. It's um, pro wrestling 
um, what we're doing is the proceeds will be donated to the Outreach for Hunger Food Bank here in Chatham. So if you are interested in coming, you can purchase advanced tickets at Augs Video at uh, Chatham and Blenheim. Uh, tickets are $8 in advance. Uh, you can get four tickets, a family pack of four tickets for $25. And then you can, if you bring in an unperishable food donation, you'll be given a limited edition poster signed by all the wrestlers on the uh, at the show. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So, that being said, you can also bring your own posters. We like we love reading the signs that people bring in. Uh, bring stuff to be autographed uh, during the intermission. All the guys come out and like all the good guys come out and have everything signed. Even the bad guys come out. You can yell at them and they'll sign whatever you want. Uh, yeah. So come out to uh, the Wish Center in Chatham on King Street East and uh, and just enjoy the show. And this, the thing that enjoyed I enjoy about the GWN, like you said, it's a throwback to the original yeah. wrestling before yeah. the door was thrown open, and people now know everything going on. This is back to when the story mattered, when it was yeah. fun. It's, it's the GWN is probably the only company like that left in Ontario that I can think of that we provide that kind of a show for people. And that's what that's what it needs to be. Yes, yeah. it should be about the entertainment. So you said it's eight bucks in advance. Eight bucks in advance, ten at the door. Okay. If anybody wants, they can send an email to me, and I can uh, get you tickets two for sixteen. I will cut <laughs> you that deal. You are all hurt. I am. <laughs> all right. So we better wrap this up. So um, you can find the movie Madhouse. You can uh, find more information about us on Facebook. Yep. Um, we you can find you can go to themoviemadhouse.com. That'll redirect you right to uh, our our Libsyn account, so you can listen to the podcast there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the podcast, you can search for us on iTunes. Um, you can also search for us on Stitcher, the Stitcher Radio app on that's, your smartphones. That's what I used to listen. to. Oh, it, it, it's such an easy easy thing. Um, what we like from everybody is feedback. Just if you could drop us a line on any of those. There's an email now, isn't there? There is an email. Uh, it is called the movie madhouse at gmail.com. And just send us all the inf- or send us uh, questions, statements, comments, uh, feedback. Let us know how you like the show. And, uh, and we'll try and do our best to field every question that's uh, sent to us. So I think we're going to... Especially if you have any kind of requests you want to send in. Oh, yes. We do kind of have a request. A good friend of ours has requested that we do a show based on probably his favorite... Well, not probably. (laughs) His absolute favorite director and actor, Kevin Smith. Yes. So I think... Next week, if we can arrange everything, we'll get our good friend Jason in, and we'll have to make sure we watch a couple of Smith flicks somewhere along the line. you got to get me a list. I don't know if I've heard of him. Even he just <laughs> kind of maybe scratched the surface of his... Yeah. <laughs> I, I love his uh, New Jersey movies, like the... Oh, what? Askewniverse. Yes. Yep. Those yep. five movies. 
Yeah. Yes. Well, we better... No, no. Don't get yeah, okay. into that. Yeah. That's so, next okay. week. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But we're good. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to us. I'm Mike. I'm Rob. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I was right, boys and girls. This was before Jason joined the group. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, is it's, they carried it right on through with no bombs or bings and, and they were just as entertaining as, you know, if there was three of them, these guys are classics. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into what we got going here because it is Valentine's and I've got to get out of here fairly quickly myself. So let's see what... All right. Oh, interesting. We're going way back this time, boys and girls. This is Winnin' Burbank number 19, released April 30th, 2013. And the name of this episode is called Rough Week. And it says, after spending some time with the duo, realizes that they were not recording. And in a second effort to record, Dave opens this episode with tales of his horrible week. Then Sadie takes over and gives up on the Vegas buffet nightmare. There is a special cameo by Lacey Montoya. All right, kids. So let's go ahead and get that motor running and we'll jump back all the way back to April 30th, 2013, as we listen to Win in Burbank number 19, Rough Week. Welcome to Win in Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. My week just keeps better and better. <laughs> yes, it's working. Good. We we just went through. I I was near tears, folks. This this would have been a heart wrenching piece, and and then I just happened to look down at the monitor, and it was pouring like, your guts out to a blank computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, hey, you can still do it. We can still go ahead and start with right. the the problem. You know, you know. Well, originally I started with what a week I've had. Right. And we started with the first incident, which was your shitty week. Well, let me jump back. Monday when we recorded, uh-huh. it was a good day. Uh-huh. Tuesday was a good day. Uh-huh. Wednesday is when my Wednesday's when it started. Yes. Yeah. And what had happened is, is I'm one of those type of people. I like to go shopping. I shop every single day. Right. And it's just for me to get out and be around people and just kind of being a different environment. I can understand that. I know. can understand So that. I shop every single day. Of course. So on the way back home, you know, nothing unusual. Right. I pull up in front of the house. I put the car in park. And when I reached down to grab my groceries, the car jumped. And as I jumped, when it jumped, I set up quickly yeah just in enough time to see the car lunge into the garage door which is aluminum so it it looked bad too when it when it first hit i was like i I didn't even want to come in the house i I walked in through the front door and but it jumped into neutral yeah, it jumped in the neutral. If it had jumped into a gear, it could have been way worse. Yeah, it, I could have literally probably... Driven right into right the garage. through the garage. That would have been fun. You could oh. have been in the newspaper. <laughs> Man, drives into garage the hard way. <laughs> so, I... Uh, and I actually left this part out. I, I forgot. 
but now I'm retelling it again. I remember. Mm-hmm. So I had to go. I backed out, walked in, came into the front door. Jaden ran up to me. He's like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> he could hear the when the car hit. It well, was he that was bad? he was sitting in the living room playing his game. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, because that's it. not that. Much. Then, You're talking about twenty, thirty feet. Yeah. Most. yeah. And then Lacey came in from outside. She's like, "What'd you do?" <laughs> oh jeez. And I was like, "I oh, love the, the car's okay though." The car, not a scratch on the oh, car. Good. That's good. Um, so what I did is, even though it was all discombobulated, I went and took a hammer to it. And, you know, it was good for the frustrations, the, too. The garage door, not the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I was going to say, and I forgot when we went through this the first time and we weren't at, found out we weren't really recording. Um, you know, my, my Honda has a recall notice for, there's this little wetchy jigger that... Uh, they found wears out too soon and it has a tendency to allow the car to slip from park into some gear or other. Right. Um, and so they said, you know, this, this is not cool. And it, the way I, the way it sounded, it was like some kind of nub thing, maybe wore down or some (laughs) such thing as that. And so that, you know, they'll fix for free, that kind of stuff. Well, I haven't had any park problems, but I wonder right. if it's the same piece, part, on your car as on our car. And maybe it's something that does wear down after. How old is your car? It's, um, let me think about this. 14 years old? 15 years? Yeah, 1998? See, mine's an 03. <coughs> Uh, my Honda, my Odyssey is an 03, and they said the 03s through I don't know six or seven different year models that that they have had this problem with some of them, and they encourage us to come in and get it. I didn't, but because it wasn't um, it wasn't a driving thing. issue, right? Yeah, it was just a parking thing, and so I just kind of blew it off. But um, I wonder if it's the same part. Very possible. Yeah. And yeah. they had a name, but who remembers stuff like that? But I, I went out there, and, and I, I, well, obviously I must have get enough job because you didn't even notice. No, well, but you know what? the Your car was in front of it, and mm-hmm. i got to tell you, I don't really look at stuff like that. I'm right. more looking for dogs and people and kids right. when I pull in because I don't want to hurt any of them or hit any of them. And I, I, if the door could have been gone, I wouldn't have noticed. Well, it's mostly cosmetic now. This it, is good. You know, the, good. the electric garage door opener works fine. Good. It opens, it closes. Yeah. And, you know, Lace was asking me, why do I park so close to the, the garage door? Yeah. And I actually have a reason. I do that purposely. So nobody can get in. Exactly. Exactly. And, yes. um... You know what? I know a lot of people back into their garage doors uh, for the same reason. Uh, it double. It, you can't get in the garage and you can't get in your trunk. Yeah. yeah. Or their trunk. The trunk. <clears throat> if you have a trunk. I haven't. I have a hatchback, but I can't get into my garage. My garage is like an indoor garage sale that never happens. <laughs> so, anyway. Okay, so that was incident number one. That was Wednesday. Yes. Then Thursday, um, and this is, this is going to be kind of tough to retell, but I'll, yeah. I'll do my best to do it. Um, 
what had happened was Jaden had a meltdown at school. And we talked about the fact that most of our listeners already know that Jaden is a young man with autism. Right. He's 11 years old in the fifth grade. Yeah, he'll be in the sixth grade. Soon? Soon, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, what it comes down to is when, and I was saying this before, and I, I apologize to listeners because I'm going to kind of reference to a previous conversation that you guys didn't hear. They're never going to hear. Yeah. Um, but one of the key things to seeing a, a autistic person, whether they're a child or adult or teenager, or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever the age they are, they cover their ears and they rock. Mm-hmm. And that is a telltale sign that they're overstimulated. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I believe it was is because the class size is too big. You know, there's too many people in the classroom. Now, was, activity. this didn't get said, actually, that I recall when we first did this. Was he, uh, was he just sitting there rocking? Was that why they, the school called you? Or? They never called me. Oh, you just went over there to get him. For, I picked him up from for school. His school time. Yeah, he was done with school. Okay, and no one ever when you got there, he was doing this behavior. Or? No, no, he was fine. He, he was. He was just sitting there being very quiet. Okay, so then the teacher told you he right, had done this. Right. Okay. Okay, because I sort of missed that part. And. Um, and did you ask her why? Did you ask her? Had there been a change in the atmosphere that was unusual for him? Or does there need to be a change in the atmosphere that's unusual for him, or is it just a matter of just happen to be way too much input? Um, she didn't have the the answer. She told me, and this is actually something I forgot. Um, and this is there's actually a a technical term for this, but it's it's um, when you're overstimulated, mm-hmm. you know, neither. Most people are like when they're really stressed. That's overstimulated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, they say therapists go go scream too loud just yeah. to get all that energy yeah. out. Those of us without autism to interfere will just stomp our feet and walk away, right. or cuss, or smoke, or. But it, it's almost like kinetic energy. It's energy. It's physical energy that has to be expelled somehow, or it's just going to sit there and build right. and build right. and build. And what Jaden did is. He he was working with spelling words or whatever, mm-hmm. and he seen a word, and he just started underlining the words, mm-hmm. underlining the words, mm-hmm. repeat repeatedly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it was in a book. Right. Oh well. And and that's what she first got on to him about, uh-huh. and that pissed him off. We didn't mention this either, but does she have training? In the in the field Believe of deal, dealing with children with autism, you're, you're gonna love this. She has a bachelor's in special special ed, uh, special needs. Yeah, training or you know, teacher. She's actually like two classes away from getting her master's degree. Yeah, well, we all know that those <laughs> who can't teach. Okay, so that doesn't say anything to me. Does she have? She has the education though, in 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 working with children such as Jaden. Technically, yes. She's been to school and been taught yes. this information, yes. and she still acts like an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Well, then there you go. So anyway, to make a very long and emotional story, 
Um, shorter. <laughs> shorter, yeah. And hopefully less emotional. Um, when you went and got him. I went and got him. Mm. They told me, you know, he was having a bad day. He, he cussed and he threatened. Oh, to, you said he said a bunch of stuff he would not normally yeah, have said yeah. if he hadn't been stressed out. And um, and he was stemming. He was stimming. And, and that's something that that's, mentioned yeah. before. But well, let me... That's, I think that's something that I should explain yes, to everybody. Yes, I do what, too. What stimming is, is again, when you're overstimulated, you have to get rid of that energy. Mm-hmm. And in order to expel energy, you have to do something. Mm-hmm. And the rocking motion mm-hmm. is expelling that extra energy. And the covering the ears is to keep from more Kepping, coming in. Right. Right. And stimming, which is a very... It's a it's a shortened term for a very long Greek term. I can't remember. I mean, it's it's long. Obviously, a lot of people can't remember it, or they wouldn't have a short term for it. Right. Um, you know, and another thing was is, and I, I forgot to mention this is he was humming, which is another uh, key tell of yeah. That's well, that's like white noise for him, probably. Yes. Okay. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. And so, and she wouldn't tolerate that. No. Jesus Christ! If. If I know that and I don't have a child with autism, I have very little experience in contact with a child with autism, and I have never been taught how to teach a child with autism. If I know that, why the fuck doesn't she? I mean, I'm not overly bright. Well, I'm not. I'm not. That's arguable. (laughs) I'm old, but I'm not overly bright. I, I can, I can clearly see why humming would help him. Right. Why the fuck can't she see that? And it's... I don't understand why she couldn't see what was happening to him and and help him deal with it in whatever way you're supposed to help them deal with it. A teacher came to me yeah. before he came to this... He went to this new teacher and literally straight out warned me this is what's going to happen. With this teacher? The teacher. Have you no control over who teaches him? There's only one teacher for that age group. How much longer does he have Uh, in this grade, in this class with this teacher? She goes all the way up to eighth grade. Oh, fuck. Well, maybe when she gets her master's, she'll try to do something else with herself and they'll get somebody else. There's always that possibility. And so, and, and I mentioned this before, you know, I, I didn't yell at him. I'm a Jay- mellow man. Yes. You're not going to yell at them. Not like me. I'd be all over them. Like white on rice, dude. I'm telling you. All those things I just asked right. you, I would have been throwing them at her. And I watched James in the car. And that's not creative and everything. Counterproductive. Yes, it's totally counterproductive, but that's me. Anyway. Um, and then you know, got him to the car. He just started bawling. And we sat in the oh. car for ten minutes, and he just bawled and bawled and bawled. Oh, that's so sad. And it must it, be so frustrating for him. He knows, doesn't he? he? I mean, he knows that he's that he has this this. He knows he's different. Well, he knows he's different, but does he? He understands that he has something. Yes, his brain interferes and and causes him difficulties he understands that he does understand that yes it must be extremely frustrating for him 
for him to understand it and yet to be in the care and atmosphere of others who should and don't understand that. This, no wonder he cried. This frustration. So we yeah. got, after, you know, let him get him, compose himself. We drove home and, and Jay just went straight to his room and, and Lacey and I, we, we had a very brief conversation. And that's one thing I was saying is, you know, when it comes to our kids, we're always on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and, helpful. And we were talking, and she said something very, it was just brilliant. And, and I'm actually, I got so far into the story, I actually forgot to tell you this part. So I'll, I'll, but okay. I will tell you what she okay. said. And, and what she told me, I, I was like, I got to go, I got to go use this line on the principal. Right. So I went in there, and I was like, I need to talk to the principal. And they're like, okay, you know, it's you know, it's into the school. We'll, we'll get. I'm like, I need to talk to the principal. And for me, you know, I've been there uh, since kindergarten. I mean, Lacey, before Lacey hurt her back, she was she was the primary caregiver for Jane right. because I was working right. the 14 days right. a week, you right. know. But I was still there, you right. know. I was very active. People knew me, right? So I've been actively, uh, as far as academic wise. I've been there since kindergarten. And you're there every day medicating him. Yes. And I'm a very mellow person. I talk very soft. I'm very reserved. But I was not being soft and reserved. I was angry. I was actually shaking. I I caught myself because I realized I was so angry I was shaking. Yeah, yeah. Livid is the term. Yes. (laughs) And as I was talking, saying, I need to talk to the principal now. Right. She picked up on the tone of the voice. Yeah. The principal. Yeah. She picked her head up. She's uh-huh. like, I'll, I'll talk to you, Dave. Come on in. Uh-huh. And, and key word is, I'll talk to you, Dave. Come on in. Uh-huh. She called me Dave uh-huh. in the beginning. Uh-huh. And I, I went through this whole spill. And told her everything. Yes. Uh-huh. And she turned around and she's like, well, what would you like me to do, Mr. Montoya? <laughs> and that just pissed me off. Mm. Because to me, that was very condescending. It was... She was not saying what the words were saying. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, we need an aid. We've we've gone through this so many times. And this was Lacey's suggestion that, that he have an aid. Well, I'm getting there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And and we've actually been fighting for an aid for a while. Right. So I demanded a um, a meeting with not only her, the principal, but the mm-hmm. superintendent, mm-hmm. the the, it's called an IEP meeting, mm-hmm. and it's everybody is going to be there. Okay, and we're going to get an aid. And if we don't get an aid, I'm getting legal representation. It's yeah. that simple because yeah. he his civil rights are being violated. Absolutely, absolutely. And what I dropped on her, which kind of changed her her demeanor, yeah. is what Lacey told me. Yeah, and. What Lacey said, and what I told the principal is, you might as well just take him out of the, the special ed class, put him in regular class, and let him fail, because that's what's happening. It sounds right to me like that's the kind of a class he is in. Does she need her bye-bye, by the way? No, she's fine. Oh, she is? Okay. She's laughing. Oh, I can't tell. Um, yeah, because it, when when that's why when we were talking, I, now I don't remember, because we've, we've had this conversation twice, twice. <laughs> in the last 20 minutes, but... I don't remember um, 
at what point it occurred to me that she was a special education teacher because it sounded to me like it was just a normal class. And I hate, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have used the word normal. Uh, regular ed. A, a regular education class with a regular educationer. Um, and and it, it, it didn't sound as though this educator, if I... And I'm not sure she'd be called that, but we'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt at this point. I, it didn't sound as though she had an understanding and grasp of the situation. Is he the only child with autism in, in her class? class? Yes. Yes. And that was another thing I went at with the principal is I explained, I said, SDC is, is kids with learning disabilities. I said autism is something much, much more than just a learning disability. Of course it is. Of course it is. Plus, you said he has ADD as well. Right. Which complicates things even further. So, that's that. That was my Thursday. Oh. You know, and I, I we pretty much based the rest of the day just trying to 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 just get, to get him back okay, together. Yeah. yeah. And interesting enough, after you know we had the conversation with the principal, the following day he had such a wonderful. Oh yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. just great day. Things all better. Yeah. Again. Yeah. No, that that doesn't fix things. No, uh-uh. No, no. Because the next time this happens, it'll go through the same thing again. Yes. You know, you and I don't remember, again, whether you said it in this broadcast or the one where we weren't really broadcasting, but I asked you if she was educated in this particular skill. Right. And you said she is. She's close to getting her master's, master's degree, yes. In educating children with special needs children. Special needs. And my question of that, well, it wouldn't be a question, it's an accusation. Um, Just because she is technically qualified to teach it doesn't mean she has a grasp of the situation at all. I'll give you an example. A nurse that I personally worked with who should never have been a nurse. Okay, She knew nothing in terms of the actual hand-on practicalities of the job. The common sense of the job kind of thing. That and literally how to do and when to do what. She got a master's in nursing. Wow. I mean, it, when, we're, when you think about it... You Is can, this somebody I know? No, I worked with actually with, down in the hellhole with this particular nurse. Mm-hmm. The hellhole being a hospital that shall remain nameless, but is not up in the high desert right. area. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows what the hellhole <laughs> is. Um, no, it, but my point is that it, it's possible to get a master's degree in many different subjects without having a freaking clue about the actualities of that subject. And right. I give you as example, MBAs. How many MBAs do you know that don't have good business sense? Oh, God. Okay. Um, Masters in nursing, masters in education. Um, So the fact that she's approaching masterhood, as it were, in this field does not indicate to me that she knows jack about how to help him when he has this. And, 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 And it would seem to me that someone who's that educated about the subject would have enough sense to watch him during class to with a particular approach to anticipating 
any kind of difficulties that he may have. Now, if he is the only kid in the class who has autism, is he the only kid in the class with any kind of uh, deficiencies in learning? Or I don't know exactly how no, to properly no. say it. And but. That, that's the thing is, it's because if they didn't, they would be in regular ed class. You well, know, that's what I'm saying. Is the class comprised of children with all the special needs? Yeah, well, like, uh, uh, you know, the ADD, ADHD, that type of dyslexia. Okay, so most of the kids have something going on. Right. It's okay. So she should be. She should be just as aware of him and his problems right. as she is of Bobby Jean and his her problems, or uh, Sammy Pooh and his problem, whatever. Right. Okay. And if and if she can't handle a class of thirty kids with special needs, and I don't know who can, frankly. Right. Then she either needs help or re-education or something, because she should have been on top of this. She should, at least, if not before, when he held his ears and started rocking, she should have clearly understood what that meant. Right. And if she didn't, then I, she doesn't deserve a master's in the subject, in my opinion. She shouldn't be getting a master's in it because a master's in that subject means that she's going to turn around and teach people how to how to do what she supposedly does, and that's the last thing you want. That's a scary she's thought. Going to, she's just going to perpetuate her ignorance on and visit that on her students who are going to go well. That must be right because the teacher who to, you know. You, you know what I'm saying, right? So it's it's just going to get worse and worse and worse because she hasn't she hasn't got it. You know, it's like the old saying, those who can't teach. Teach, okay? right. And she can't, and she shouldn't be. I give you that. She shouldn't be. She shouldn't be teaching him, but more importantly, she shouldn't be teaching other people how to teach him or people like him. I 100% agree. I'm furious, and it's not even my child. And that was Thursday. That was Thursday. Well, gee, now we've had Wednesday and Thursday. Let me, dare I ask, how did Friday go? Friday, uh, I did a lot of editing. Uh, On first, the podcast? Yeah, first mm-hmm. thing, you know, is uh, I'm going through and, you know, changing the, the theme music, you know, because we have no, a new theme. Right. And um, so I did that, and I was editing some for other shows. And so I decided that I was going to, okay, you know, I, I've edited enough. I'm going to upload them to our server. Yeah. And wouldn't, wouldn't upload. <laughs> I'm like, what, wait a minute, what's going on? Oh, man. And I hate so, when that kind of stuff happens. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll just, I'll keep trying. I'll try to upload. No, nothing. Okay, I'll just wait until maybe noon. And during that process, while I was waiting for noon, I, I did write some more on the story that I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wrote, oh. Some good stuff? Oh. Yeah. The, there was a, a monologue. Oh. Um, that one of the characters, he wants to quit what he's doing because he's fallen in love. He wants to quit his job of, of what he does. And he wants to go with this woman and live peacefully. Yeah. And his boss said, well, that's fine. But just remember, though a leopard is born without stripes or a, lep- a leopard is born without spots makes it nonetheless a leopard. And it, it was more in depth to that, but it was, yeah. it was really, sounds good. It was, it was really heartfelt. 
Um, as you guys can hear... <laughs> the baby's up. <laughs> I think she got a hold of some sugar. That's possible. Are you are you having a good day? Yeah. Okay, good. So then I go and I do a speed check on... Because I can do it on my laptop. I can check the upload and the download speed. Oh, okay. And I pay for, what is a 30 and 4 uh-huh. uh, package. Uh-huh. Uh, what that means is... I get 30 megabits per second uh-huh. on a download, uh-huh. which is fast. Uh-huh. And then I get a 4 megabits upload. And that's just because normally more most people download more than they upload. So yeah. I should be uploading at 4 megabits per second. Right. When I did my speed check, I did 0.07 that's a little on the slow side. So I go and I call and I'm like, this is what I need to do. I need to get the show up now. It was... Uh, it, you called your server? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'll be more than happy to say it was Charter Communication who mm-hmm. I called. Mm-hmm. And I, it was Friday, so... I could throw a pitch here, but I won't. I won't. Um, so it was... It was Friday, so it was sheer darkness. And, you know, every at midnight is when our shows go live. Yeah. And I hadn't had the the newest episode of Sheer Darkness up because I hadn't uploaded it. I yeah. couldn't upload it. I was getting yeah. very frustrated. And here it was noon. And so they're like, well, let's do this, do this, unplug this, unplug. I, I'm like, that's not going to work. They're like, well... Oh, Charter was telling you yeah. to do this? Uh-huh. You know, they wanted me to unplug the back of the... Uh, they wanted me to unplug the power cord, I know, unplug I it know. from the wall. I mean, all they have to do is really just push a button and make right. it happen. Oh, it, 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 it gets better. Oh, God. Oh, God. I have no patience for these kinds of things myself. But anyway, go ahead. So, I'm like, okay, I got it. I, I finally, after talking to them, it went up to 1.4 megabits. <sighs> So I was able to upload. At least you could get some work done. Sheer darkness. Yeah. I got that up, and I got um, Scene Red, which actually launched yesterday. The, yesterday's episode of Scene Red. I got up. Then I was going to upload our last our show of. Uh, this guy's head on my foot. That's so cute. <laughs> he loves me. Anyway, that's the dog, guys. Sorry. Um, I was going to upload a new episode of Win in Burbank for tomorrow. Mm. Um, because, you know, our, our episodes come out on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go, and, and when I go through this express, it's it's a, a TP, T, or no, FTP uploader. Mm-hmm. Which means it, it sends the, the file from your laptop to the server. That's essentially oh, okay. what it is. Okay, gotcha. And it's a little bar. It says, you know, takes two minutes. Yeah. And that's usually, you know, our, our podcasts are usually about 50 to 60 megabytes per file size. And it takes about two minutes to upload. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it says 15 days. That's what it said. Time remaining, 15 days. I said, are you fucking serious? So I literally, at that point, just gave up. I called and... <clears throat> I, I 
they're like, well, unplug this. Undo. I just hung up on them. I just like, so I actually spent the rest of the evening playing video games with Jane. Well, that's a creative way to deal with it. I would have told them to unplug their service from my computer if it was me. Oh, that was Friday. Oh, okay. I didn't mean to skip ahead and, <laughs> and interrupt you, but go right on ahead. So played Saturday, with Jade. That's good. That's good. You played with him. Yeah, we, we played. He needed that after his crappy Wednesday. And uh, it was good. It, we that's had good. a good time doing that's it. That's good. And then, so Saturday rolls around, and I'm like, well, maybe, just maybe, I might be able to get something uploaded. <laughs> no. In fact, Still it, it, no. In fact, it was down to 0 0.01. Again? Oh. Zero one. One. Oh. It was slower. And I was like, this needs to be fixed. You mm -hmm. know, I'm paying money for this service. Yeah. You are costing me my business. Yeah. You know, it needs to be fixed. Yeah. And so they're like, well, we can send out a, a guy. Uh, on, no, I'm like, no, you're going to send out a guy today. Yeah. Now, yeah. send them out. Right now, right. So, even though everybody was really busy, uh huh, of course. Wow, out of the blue, Somebody the guy showed up. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, you just need a new modem." Okay, so we got a new modem. He's like, "Okay, let me do a, a, a test on it." So he does a test on it. Still nothing, no upload. Oh, his modem thing. Yeah, yeah. right. I forgot their modems. Yeah. Okay. And. uh He's like, well, let me let me go look at the wires. I'm like, okay, go look at the wires. And he comes back and he goes, well, I need to literally rewire this house. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not rewiring this house. There's nothing changed from day two days ago when it worked right. to today. Right. As far as the physical house thing is concerned. Okay, next. <clears throat> so he's like, well. This is what I can do. He he actually hooked his little machine up to that modem. <laughs> he hooked his machine up to the modem, uh, did something, and it started working. Oh, what a miracle. So I was able to get... Um, did he acknowledge that, oh, gee, I guess it didn't have to be rewired after all? Well, he gee. still recommended it to be oh, rewired. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and so I was able to get the... The um, Winnipeg Bank, Bank. Mm -hmm. and then guess what happened after Winnipeg? It went down. It yeah. went down. So Sunday, Sunday, I, I just I didn't do nothing on Sunday. I I, I, wrote, I don't blame you. I wrote more on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and we watched some TV, and I played on the computer. Um, you know, just. Doing stuff that I enjoy. So yeah. I, I didn't do nothing yeah. productive. Yeah. Other than a little bit more writing. So we're here today. And I'm like, look, I am okay, I needed to upload news views and reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh when who's the boss? When in Burbank. Well, oh, you I, did I had do Winnie yeah. Burbank, yeah. So news views and reviews. Uh who's the boss? Sheer darkness. And well, I uh, don't get me started on the other one. And um, <laughs> several, to say the least. Yeah, several. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, I need to get this done. Yeah. I, I, 
Yeah. All the leeway that I had yeah. is gone. Yeah. So I call and I'm like, before you even tell me to unplug anything, <laughs> I've go there. done it. <laughs> I'm irritated. Oh, I just how want. How polite of you. I just want what I pay for. That's all I want. I want my upload speeds. And the lady on the other end, she just kind of giggled. And she goes, let me guess. You, you, you are having great download speeds, but your upload speeds are are really crappy. And I'm like, yes! Yes, fix it! <laughs> For the love of God, fix it! Why was she having to guess? You told her that, didn't you? Uh, uh, well, no, because before she even got, I even got into that. Oh, she said that, okay. But she was reading the notes. I, I thought oh, about that later. Oh, yeah. And she's like, okay, just hang tight. I, I know a little something. And I waited for like two minutes. She's like, okay, run a speed check. I ran a speed check. Four, it was actually 4.7 something uh, megabits per second. It was actually, I was getting higher than what I was supposed to get. Hmm. She found the button. She's like, yeah, All you next time all you have to do is just call and say reset this one and reset this one. I'm like, wait a minute. Let, Let me, me write, write that, that down. down. <laughs> Yeah, and that was it. Why didn't everybody else know that? Did you did you ask for credit for the number of days? That yes, you I were did. With that? Good, absolutely. And, um, and and the lady said, "Well, I'm I'm actually a a real computer technician, as, I, a, as opposed to the pretend ones that we employ." <laughs> well, yeah, because you know that they read what's on the screen. Uh-huh. That's how I know their steps yeah. before they yeah. even start because yeah. they just read the steps. Yeah. And isn't that a wonderful world where you can go to work at a job you have absolutely no fucking clue what yeah. to do? Yeah. All you have to do is just read the steps yeah. and you get paid. I'll, uh, well, too. Yes, you get paid well. I am in the wrong profession. Well, you know, that's true of being a weatherman. You know, I just read the weather report. And those of us who live in the high desert know that, no, it didn't rain yesterday, nor today, but we did have 80-mile-an-hour gusts of wind that have stirred up dust all over the high desert, and they'll be with us until 7 or 8 in the morning. That wasn't in the weather report, but, hey, he's going to get paid. So, anyway, day's not over. Um... (laughs) We are experiencing lots of wind and, you know, just really crappy weather outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately now that I look at the modem, it's nice and solid. But when you see that end light, uh-huh. oh, see, it's starting to flicker. When it, big, when it flickers? When it's completely flickering. I see it flickering now. That means there's there's the signal. The there's wind a, is interrupting the signal. Yes. But isn't it an electronic signal? With wires and shit? I mean, how can the wind interrupt it unless it's wiggling the wires? Well, it is. It's wiggling the wires Oh, outside. that's what's interrupting it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, well... <clears throat> so guess what happened? It fucked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that so point... Did you call up the babe and no, tell her No, no. At, at that point, it was like... It was 5 o'clock. And uh, I just... I laid here on the couch and was brooding. Yeah, that was bit. today? Yeah, just oh. before you came over. I was on the well, couch. Well, can I make I a brooding. recommendation? Yeah. Get Verizon. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Get Fios and quit 
hurting yourself like this? I mean, yeah, I know it's more expensive, but you don't have shit like that happening. No, we've had Fios before. I have high-speed everything on my computer. I bundle everything on top of it, so I have my cell phones, my landline, my computer access, and my television cable all in one little bundle. It's it's a nice number, okay, but if you break it out in terms of those four major expenses, that's all very reasonable in terms of, of the expense. And I have zero problems except once in a while uh, they do stuff with the television that I'm, I'm not crazy about. Like right, right now when you push the info button, they go, but wouldn't you really rather know what we can do for you as far as the movies that are available are concerned? And I go, if I fucking wanted to know that, I would have looked, okay? I want information about the movies I'm watching now. You know, that kind of stuff they do. And I don't like that. I don't appreciate that at all. But... I never have trouble with my computer, never have, and I'm, you know, it's major, fast, quick, blah, blah, nothing. My phones work, my cells work, I got free phone calls everywhere, forever. I mean... Well, I've had uh, Verizon Wireless for 10 years now. Yeah, well, that's what we started out with, and then as soon as they made files available in our neighborhood and it took a while it was in a lot of other neighborhoods before it finally came to our neighborhood and i i had actually gone i don't know where home show or some shit like that you know and i was talking to the verizon guy and i go damn i wish you guys would get it in our neighborhood because i really want it he said let me put you on the contact list as soon as it's available we will let you know and they did and i said baby come to mama (laughs) Do me, okay? Because I really, really wanted it. And we've been very happy with it ever since. I remember, I don't remember exactly. Oh, yeah, I do. Is when I was working over at the other hospital. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, cut my days from 13 days, a pay period, to the, the regular six days per mm-hmm. pay period. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of, and like I said, it isn't it isn't cheap. I admit that, but if you if you divide it up into the four major services right. that I described, okay, that makes it um, roughly sixty bucks a service on a monthly basis. That's still high. I'll grant you that because yes, you can get cell phone service cheaper, not better, but you can get it cheaper. You can get cable service. Cheap. You can get all those services cheaper. I don't think they're better, right. but you can get them cheaper. And and when uh, financial status being what it is, when you have to cut back, that's the best place to start. Right. You know, and go and, the, and go the cheaper route. But when you but when you get service like you're getting out of charter right now, which is sucky. Yeah. You know, then I don't know. <clears throat> I remember when we we switched from the files to charter mm. you know because I, I i was very much addicted to the the high definition mm-hmm. and i was like i see that's the, funny because i can't tell the difference i swear i can't really yeah ernie is switches there, high def movies the only difference is i can't read subtitles because the high def doesn't have sub, subtitles and right. to add them in but anyway but um we had the high definition here for a while before i cut that because i just felt i was wasting money um, mm-hmm. Their high definition, what they called high mm-hmm. definition, looked less quality than FiOS's mm-hmm. regular. Oh yeah, I know. I'm telling you, FiOS is great. I don't, 
I'm I've always been a big fan of theirs, and I continue to be. So at anyway, forty minutes. The only question I have for you oh. is, how was your week? <laughs> well, did we get through all of your your agony? Yeah, we're, that, we're here. We're Monday. It? That yeah. was it. Well, okay, my week. How was my week? How was my... well? Um, I did bring with me. Uh, the, which I forgot last week. Remember I talked about Vegas and the buffet and everything? Uh-huh. I did bring with me the copy of my email to the guy at the bu- about the buffet, if you're interested in hearing what I wrote to him. Yes. I did bring that. I still haven't heard from him, by the way, interestingly, because remember I said he was going to send me, you know, a freebie or something, and then I said, well, you know, that really wasn't necessary because that wasn't my reason for... Talk, you know, for emailing him in the first place, and then um, I thought, well, maybe he took me at my word and figured, okay, well, if she doesn't really want it, but then it's only been a week, and so maybe he's, you know, bogged down with whatever the hell right. he gets. Maybe he's bogged down with solving his problem, which would be good with me. I'm, I'm good. But if you want to hear it, I do have it. Yes. Right here in my little bag. <laughs> I was so mad that I didn't bring it because it was so pertinent. Um, for those of you who weren't here last week... Go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. Yeah, well, and we went to Vegas, and we had a really bad time uh, at... Um, well, this actually, this will tell them what happened. This is um, in the contact us, you know... Thing. Oh, yes. Okay, from the M Resort Spa Casino Hotel, Las Vegas. I addressed this to the food and beverage department because they didn't have anything more specifically managerial than that. Right. Uh, and at least food and beverage was the area that I was writing them about. Um, okay, Monday evening... Uh, the 25th of March, 2013, at 6.30 p.m., my husband and I visited the Studio B Buffet. We had to wait in line for more than an hour and a half. I am 72, my husband is 65, and to be subjected to a long wait with no warning from the management and without any place to sit left me with aching legs and feet, and my husband's back is still wrenched from the strain of standing so long. After we finally reached the cashier, we still stood for another 20 minutes, while the women who were seating patrons had no clue how to do their job efficiently. There were several parties of more than five who had been... in the line standing behind us, but they were seated before us, even before a single man who only needed one table and one chair. We were finally told to follow the lady seating yet another large group that had been behind us in line. She walked away from us so fast that the woman who had told us to follow her didn't even know where she had gone and said, Oh, it's okay. Just wait. She'll be back. When I said it was not okay, that we had already been waiting nearly two hours, she just repeated that it was okay and ignored my complaint. 
Our server was excellent, as was the food. Although, um, hang on. I've lost a sentence here somehow. This isn't paid, copies of pages. Maybe I, maybe, hang on, hang on. Brief interruption here. Okay, I, I think I missed a line. I think I said something about, uh, oh, I said, uh, although some signs uh, describing, signs that you could read from a distance, describing what food was in what location of the, uh, the buffet would have been very helpful because it was a very long buffet. Right. It was actually about 500 feet long, I think. Uh, that's like the length of a football field. That could be an exaggeration. But it was probably half that. Okay. And the only visible signs were the ones on the sneeze guard, you know, said, you know, chicken, uh, shrimp, you know, whatever the hell, in, right. in little pink felt tip letters that you couldn't see even up close. Okay. The signs would have been useful. We had planned to gamble after dinner, but because it was nearly 10 p.m. by the time we finished, we were too tired to do more than play a few slots and then return to our hotel in town. We are not new to the Vegas scene and have had many buffet experiences, but never have we had to wait so long and been so ignored by management. Every employee we talked to about the problem admitted that it existed, but no one had the guts to step out to the waiting line with an apology and or an explanation. When we entered the dining room, I noticed several unbussed tables with tips on them. <clears throat> the people were waiting the people waiting behind us would have been able to be seated if these tables had been bussed in a timely manner. When we checked out the next morning from our hotel, the bellman who carried our luggage to our car agreed that he had heard the food at M's buffet was great and also the seating problem is out of control. So you can see the problem I described above, our problems I described above are not unique to us. I shudder to imagine what the wait would have been on a weekend night. 6.30 p.m. on a Monday night should not have been a problem for Studio B. I cannot end this by saying we will return for another try. I don't think we can physically stand another two-hour wait, no matter how good the food is. I hope you do not just write these comments off as those of a disgruntled old lady. I have never had to send such comments to any Vegas facility before, and I'm truly sorry I felt compelled to do so in this case. You have so much going for you at the M. It would surely be a shame to ruin it with building a bad rep for one of the better buffets in Vegas. Sincerely, me and you know who. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, 
Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. So that was the email message I sent to him, or to them, and then I got the phone call, uh, like, within two days, possibly even a day, uh, after they would have received it, and it was the, he described himself as the manager of the buffet, and uh, apologized that I had had problems, and said that he himself had not actually been working that night, and I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced that would have made any difference. Uh, but he, um, he was very good uh, insofar as he listened to me rant and rave again, you know. Uh, he didn't try to talk over me. He didn't try to, he wasn't defensive. He didn't try to explain. Uh, he, he was very, very good at, at calling 
a, a disgruntled old lady. He was really good at that. I give him, I give him a hundred percent mark for that. Um, and he did say he would send me something, uh, you know, like when are you and your husband going to be back in Vegas? And the, he never really specifically said I'm going to send you a freebie, but that's what he was hinting at. Uh, and I haven't yet received anything, but it's only been a week, so you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, if it does, fine. And, uh, like I said, I might show, give it a try. You know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know, he did say uh, that they had uh, chairs and stuff for people to sit in, and I said, well, you know, that's nice, but they were not within eye shot. There were no signs saying if you, you know, if you can't handle this, please say something to somebody. You know, they did have a crip line, or what I would call a crip line, but I'm not. In that category, right. I mean, I have a crip plate on my car, but only because I can't bend myself to get out of. I have to have my car door all the way open right. to get out. out. Yeah, and because uh, I can walk distances, that's not my particular nature of my particular uh, disability. But uh, in any case, um, it, it it wasn't helpful to to me to know that yeah, there's a couch there because the couch wasn't where I could get to it. Uh, and I wouldn't have left my husband in line anyway to go sit on the couch, and he needed to sit down as much as I did. It was just, it, you know. But other than that, he he was he was uh, spot on with his remarks to me and his expressing his apologies and so on. So if they do send us a, a thing, we'll probably go back. We probably will go back again anyhow. Uh, but we're going to be real careful about the time of day. That we go. In fact, I probably won't go for a dinner buffet. Maybe like maybe a, a lunch or brunch because um, I would want to be able to pick a time when uh, I can tell I'm not going to have to stand in line. See, the thing is, when we went now, as an example, okay, we used to go to the Rio a lot. We used to stay at the Rio a lot. We kind of got in the habit of going over to the Orleans because I was more comfortable there. Uh, but the Rio's got really good food, and they have a really good general buffet. They have that village seafood buffet, but they have a really good regular buffet too. And the lines at the Rio for that buffet were equal to the line we were standing in at the M. Right. And you, you go through, you get in the line, and you move, and you go, and, you know, in a half an hour's time, you're in sitting, eating your dinner. With the M, we were sitting there for a half an hour, standing there, I mean, for a half an hour before we moved at all. And then we only moved a few feet, you know. I mean, it wasn't, it it was extraordinarily bogged down. Right. Okay. And we never really did find out why, except by my own observation, the women who were seating people didn't have a freaking clue how to go about doing it. And they weren't getting any help from anybody either, you know, so... So anyway, we'll see. Time will tell. You're holding something else. What do you got? Oh, well, these are these are kind of relative to the letters. That's letters, and I don't know if we've got time to do a letter this this time or not. Probably not, <clears throat> but we don't have to. We can always do a letter. Okay, we'll do a next letter week. Next time. Yeah, next week. Um, yeah, because I, when you came in, I said, oh, I got a bunch of news. and, and Yeah, no, yeah. Well, no, we did that, we, and that's good. Well, you no, know. I meant, like, news news. Like, uh, what was it? Oh, no, I forgot his name. Uh, famous film critic customer. 
Oh, Roger Ebert. Yes. Yes. No, and Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Passed today, and. Um, Annette Funicello. How can I forget her name? Jesus. I love that posting, by the way. That was great. With Mickey looking at the little hat with Annette's name on it. And Mickey's looking all sad. Well, yeah, at least she'll that, that was really beautiful. That was so cute. You can answer. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Did we talk about this? I don't remember well, we've talked about that or not. Yes, yeah, I, we talked about that. Okay, well then we don't need to talk about that again. I don't especially know how many people have um, those problems anyway. Most big cities, I think, have caught on that that's a really dumb idea. It's just slow, slow, slow Victorville hasn't caught on to it yet, so, eh, well... Anyway, you asked me how was my week. Well, that oh, we did uh, garden yard yesterday because it, it was a nice day yeah. yesterday. Any because you haven't mentioned this in, in like a month now. Okay. Any uh, signs of squirrels? Are oh no! You know the squirrel's dead. That sucker is gone to squirrel heaven. Dun, gone. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, that dun, stuff dun, works dun, really dun, good. Dun. What you do is you take cantaloupe rind with some meat on it. Okay, see, well, you want it yummy looking to a squirrel, right. which doesn't take much actually for a squirrel. They're not that discriminating. <laughs> and you put this uh, squirrel poison in it, okay? And then you put it where they're likely to go hunting for something to eat. And she doesn't like the idea of squirrel poisons. It's cute. She, she likes listening to grandma talk. Anyhow, you put this shit out in the yard somewhere where the squirrel can get it. And if anything else gets it, like the bunny, oh well, I'm sorry. But that's the way it is. My bunny didn't get it because my bunny only eats dead weeds. Right. Okay. <laughs> I told everybody that a long time ago. My bunny doesn't eat green stuff. He only eats dead weeds. Anyway, um, the squirrel got it. And Ernie covered up all the holes, and he hasn't come back. And so we know he's dead because he would have crawled out. Because Ernie's covered up the holes before, and they, they dig out eventually. So I'm, I have high hopes that we're squirrel-less uh, for the time being. Very cool. Yeah. And then we got these uh, new outdoor lamps because... We, the same outdoor lamps have been in my front yard since probably, I don't know, at least 1980. And they're really majorly ugly. Well, now they're not because they're not there anymore. Ernie dug them out yesterday. Bless his heart. He worked so hard. Um, and then he, we bought some four-bys and things, accoutrement, to put them together with these cool looking they're kind of like they look a little bit like they're made out of shoji screens you know what a shoji screen is yes okay uh they're four-sided and they look like that and then they have this cool thing and they're kind of bronzy looking and they were actually the cheapest ones we could find and they weren't very expensive actually and then they have a bronze base and then that sits on the four by and then he's going to run a groove down the side of the four by for the wires so we'll actually have really cool looking lights in our front yard which is nice because we do use them every day and so ernie did that while i attacked the pyracantha see i have pyracantha espalier along my entire front fence you know what espalier is no okay espalier is 
uh, a method of pruning that allows a plant to, um, well, what it is is you, you cut away the plant growing where you don't want it. So by doing that, you can then dictate to the plant where it is going to grow. And what I've done is I have uh, branches kind of snaking their way up and down along the length of the fence. And instead of just having this big old bushy hedge of pyracantha, which I hate because pyracantha is mean, nasty, ugly stuff. <laughs> it has, has uh, pokey things that hurt you. And it does have... Uh, uh, food for the birds, and this is a good thing, but I, you know, I, I keep that part. I don't cut away the parts that are blooming and will fruit and right. leave that for the birdies. But other than that, I just, I just like the idea of, of having some cover on the fence, but I can still see through it. I don't want to, and I want, I don't like to, I'm claustrophobic. I don't want to live in a box. Right. So I want to see through. And so, this method requires at least biannually going out and trimming away all the stuff that's gone. But I want to be here. <laughs> and I want to be here, you know. And you can't, no, you can't be here. You have to go along the prescribed route or you get cut off. And um, I haven't since last summer done any pruning of it at all. Usually I do it twice a year and I, I just... I didn't last fall. I didn't go there. I don't think I was feeling well enough last fall, or it was too cold, or there. I had some reason. I don't remember now it what it was. was. It was. It was a nasty fall. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so it was getting kind of ugly, kind of at the driveway that we back in and out of most, that Ernie backs in and out of most, and um, that's also the driveway I go out to the mailbox with. So I see it a lot. So I decided, with his permission. I had to. I told him. I said, "Is it all right with you?" I said, "I know you don't want me to," um, because he he prefers to shred. He has a shredder. Uh -huh. Okay, not for like papers, but a mulcher shredder. Right, right. Yeah, and he prefers to have me cut it, prune it, whatever, and then he shreds the stuff and gets and then uses it for mulch and stuff but he was already doing a project and i knew he would want to do that but i said i won't cut any more than will fit in our extra garbage cans we have two garbage cans i said it's okay with you if i do some trimming on the pyracantha because i really really want to he said okay it's all right <laughs> so <laughs> naturally he I, I i told him i said is there anything i could ever ask you to do that you wouldn't let me do and he said no I said, why are you so good to me? He says, because you're special. <laughs> that cute? Anyway, uh, so I did that, and um, it was fun because now it looks gorgeous, and I can actually get some trash and weedy crap out of the front and made our house look like normal people live there instead of hoarders or whatever. And so that was good. That was a good day. It was, I was beat, though. We, we quit at 4 o'clock, and I went in, and I took a shower, and then I just sat on the couch, and he's so good. He goes, dominoes? <laughs> you know, because I had, I had thawed out. You know, I was going to make cube steak, and I had I even had mashed potatoes from the freezer that I thawed those out. All I would have had to do was fry them and make a little gravy. I would have been home free. But I was just really beat, and so we actually didn't do dominoes. We wound up doing pascos because they deliver, too, mm. and we like 
we like both of them, but we kind of prefer Pasco's. So they brought us some pizza and some salad, and we ate, and it was so nice not to have to cook on top of having worked my <laughs> off for the whole afternoon. So that was cool. That was very nice. And then today the wind came up and it blew away all the, the leaves and, and garbage and trash that I had kind of uncovered and and so it cleaned it out for me. So that was nice. You know, I don't know where they went. They went off to somebody else's yard, the poor guys. <laughs> but uh, it just felt nice to get some of that done because I <clears throat> physically I needed the exercise, but more importantly, it just looks nicer now. It looks like people care. Believe it or not, I was actually planning on going out uh, because, you know, Lacey's hosting uh, Rebecca, my sister, her wedding shower. Oh, yeah. When is that coming up soon, isn't it? Very soon. Yeah. And I was going to clean the backyard today, but when I got up today... Oh, yeah. It wouldn't. It, anything you move from here to there would just be back over here in a minute because of the wind. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nasty, dusty. We, we hung up some new curtains in the bedroom. <laughs> it's funny. I can't ever get, you know, you buy what they call room darkening curtains. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a, a oxymoron. Okay. <laughs> a misnomer. Uh, but what I actually did was I got another set of room darkening curtains. And it was really funny because you know how you read what you want to instead of what's really written? Right. Well, what it, did you see? Well, it read filters 99.9% of light. I read blocks. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't block. I mean, you can hold the thing up to the light and you can see it. Okay. So I don't really know what the fuck filtering light means in regards to a curtain. Right. But they don't have the rubber backing on them that my other curtains do. But my other curtains weren't really doing the job either. Because I'm, I'm funny that way. When I want room darkening curtains, I mean, I want to, I don't want to see light right. at all. I don't want to see a hint of light. I want room darkening. They don't exist, apparently. At least not in my budget. So we got this other set because I got a new bedspread that was a different color. I was against curtains to match. So what we wound up doing was just, I took down the balances of the curtains that I had that are blue. Uh-huh. And because we got a taupe bedspread, which is sort of like yeah, those colors. You know, not beige, not green, just... Right, right, I get you. Okay. And then I got chocolate curtains. I don't know why. I thought they'd go with taupe, and they do. Um, and I had navy blue curtains, which also goes with taupe, but nah. Anyway, so we took down the valances, and we put up the chocolate curtains on the valance rods, in front of the blue curtains. So now I really have a lot of room darkening. Ooh. Way more than before. Still not 100%, but I'm happy. And that's going some to get me happy, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and, and they don't make a curtain rod. In case anybody ever wants to look for one, I tell you now, don't waste your time. They do not make a curtain rod that flushes up against the fucking wall. They do, they do not make... A hold, well, the rod, of course, is just what goes through the curtain thing, right, right. you know. But the holders, the wedgies that, you know, stick out like this from the wall so you can hang your rod on those things to hold them. Uh -huh. They have two and a quarter inches, I think, is the shortest they have. So if you want to put your curtain rod closer to the window and closer to the wall so as to, you know, like this, block out the light, right. you can't do it. You can't. You can't. It's going to be out from the wall. I don't know why. 
I don't know why. What are they worried about? This, am I going to rub my wall with my curtain? Or is my <laughs> wall going to rub on my curtain? What is the problem? But you can't do it. Okay? They don't make them. I've looked extensively online and physically, literally in hardware stores or stores that sell hardware, and they don't make short ones. They don't. And you can't modify the fuckers either. I've <laughs> tried that thought. So <clears throat> so now with the extra set of curtains, I kind, they kind of overlap a little bit and kind of get closer to the wall, kind of. So that there's not light streaming out from beside the curtains. You know what I'm saying? Right. You get it? It's very frustrating to somebody like me who's, I mean, we went to the moon. But you can't have a dark room. But I can't get my curtains up against the wall. What is that? Why? Who, who, who decided curtains should not go up against the wall? Who? I actually, I tried taping this one window. I tried taping the curtain on the wall. But they don't make tape that's sticky enough to do that either. You know, I could make a fortune if I could develop some of the things I need. Right. I, I, I would just use If I need them, you can't staple into a concrete wall. Well, that's true. If I need them, who else needs them? Right. At least one or two other people, okay? But anyhow, the taping thing didn't work. But now the extra curtain thing, that's kind of helping. I think we i think we might be as close as we're going to get. Now, still above the top of the curtain, there's still light goes up that way, okay? But I'm down on the bed with my blankets almost over my head anyway, <laughs> with my eyes shut. And if I don't look up or if I don't look in the television where it reflects what's behind me, then I'm okay. Anyway, uh, where was I? Okay, so the curtain thing is pretty well solved now. Plus, my living room is also very dark because I don't like the light and heat coming in. The more you can, as you know, and as any of our listeners who live in the high desert areas know, or even low desert, especially even low desert, you don't want light in the living room. Right. Okay, because that costs you money. Light in the living room means turn on the fans or turn on the air in the summer. And so I have a new new uh, set of living room curtains that do a pretty fair job of blocking most of the light. So I'm hoping it'll be a cooler summer this year. I'm hoping. But here's my little fetish. You know, I just hate curtains. I, I, I... Like I said, if we can put somebody on the moon, why can't we make curtains that, that work like the, like they should? Or like a lot of us would like them to, anyway. I remember when I was working, you know, over at the other hospital, Lacey literally would hammer, like, two thick blankets. Mm-hmm. On the, over, over the walls, over the yeah. Wall, yeah. But it, plus, I forgot, we even have dar- darkening film. The darkest film... You know, that's what the box says. This is the darkest film you can get. Well, it may be, but it ain't dark enough, okay? I'm My dad, who must have had the same problem with mother because uh, when she was sick, she was in a hospital bed in, in what is now our bedroom, was their bedroom. 
because uh, my mom and dad lived in the house that we live in. Right. And uh, he actually put tinfoil up on the walls, on the, you know, on the windows. And that blocks light really good, but then you can't ever see out. And you have to peel the tinfoil back, just look in. And I like to look out, especially when it might snow. So there's that, you know. And like I said, it, it, shouldn't, it should not be that hard to do. They have blackout curtains. I know they do, but they don't. Okay? They say they do, but they don't. Is it the way you're hanging them up? It's like my brother used to say, paper holds still. You can print anything on it you want. <laughs> okay? They say room darkening curtains. They lie. They darken, yes. But see, my... Um, See, she wants her- my interpretation of the word darkening is different from theirs, okay? Uh, when I say darkening, I want blackout. Yeah, I can't even have the alarm clock on. Yeah, they say darkening, and they don't mean darkening. They mean it's not so bright as it it's was. It's shading. It's shading, yeah. Or like the, I was telling him, the last set of curtains I bought, it said, filters 99.9% of the light. What the fuck is filtering? What do you mean it filters? <laughs> I mean, really. See, and like I told him, I read that. I read filters, and in my head, I heard darkening and blocking, and yeah. And no, uh, not happening. Well, that's it for this week. <laughs> I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S.C. Burbank. Remember, kids, what happens at Burbank ends up on a podcast. Have a good night. Good night. You know, listening back onto this, it actually kind of makes me sound like I'm whining. (laughs) But uh, if you followed Wynn and Burbank, which then turns into, well, Wynn and Burbank is a forerunner to what we think, and it's still S. Sadie Burbank and myself. Um, There is actually a part two to this, um, very interesting enough, about the whole buffet experience and and how they were just not satisfied. Because, you see, Ernie, who is S. Sadie's husband, and Sadie Burbank, they have a tendency to go out to Vegas on a regular basis, and and they're actually fairly well-known in the Vegas circuit, especially in the buffet lines, uh, you know, because they're not big on going out and eating, you know, at the fancy restaurants. They just like the buffet, even though... And this may be spoilers for any other episodes to come, but they are Platinum members. I don't remember if it was said in this episode or not. Okay, so two down, one to go. So let's go ahead and shake this bad boy up and let's find out what will be our final show for the evening. All right. And our third show for the week is... Let's see. It's all tangled up here, folks. Bear with me. And we're closing the night out with... Uh, okay. Who's the boss, number seven? Uh, unfortunately, folks, I don't even have to look at the bylines. I know exactly what this one is. Um, it was released July 31st, 2013. So it's been over a year ago. And it's titled Mr. Almond Unjoy, and it's this week I get serious as I talk about the now infamous CNN article. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I know, I, I, this must be Dave Wine's week, I guess, huh? 
All right, uh, sit back, relax, and try to enjoy as I go off on Mr. Almond. In Who's the Boss number seven, Mr. Almond, enjoy. Welcome to Who's the Boss? This is David K. Montoya. Well, folks, it seems like good old Dave has learned a new lesson today. Um, I'll start with this, and we'll see where how we segue, but this is something that I need to uh, take care of before we get into any other matters. Now, I've been doing business for over 20 years. I know that a lot of people have been... They, they think because of the business of reaching its 20-year anniversary, I had been doing business for 20 years, but in actuality, I started things in 1990, so 23 years, roughly. I've learned a lot of things. I've made a lot of people upset and angry. And one of the things that you get accustomed to in business, and this is just reality and it's part of life, is, you know, you, you make some fans upset and by what you do or what you write or how you create something and that just kind of goes along with the the whole part of it you know it's it's something that I've been told on and on and on in my life is you can't make everybody happy and when a fan gets upset I, I do still feel somewhat bad but it's it's not like I take it personal but when friends and family start getting upset um, that's when you have to approach it in a different manner and case in point was yesterday I stumbled across a, a CNN post about me and it was not a very nice post um, but it was from CNN and you know I forget that business associates may not completely get my sense of humor. And I went and put this post up on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page, and I, I kind of laughed it off. I was like, well, I know it's not, it doesn't portray me in, in the nicest of lights, but hey, you know, at least I made it on CNN. And I walked away and, and actually forgot about it for most of the day. And I had received a few private messages from, you know, friends and family that were quite upset. Mainly associates that I've worked with, you know, from when we were Dark Myth Publications. And, and this, this, uh, how do I explain it? This article completely misquotes me. And what had happened was this, this guy, his name is Ken Allman, and the only reason I know his name is because he has his little picture in his face on the on the post. And um, he he wrote a thing about how I'm turning my back on the company and turning my back on on my fans and employees and and whatnot. And um, he went on to misquote me from a, a previous podcast that I've done and I don't mind people taking my stuff and, and putting it into articles I don't mind 
but when you completely take my dialogue and you mix it around to create things that are not true, that does upset me. And especially when there there's a, a personal consequence for someone else's actions, that upsets me. And one of the things was is that I I was talking about you know leaving the company and and there was you know a couple projects down towards the end that kind of got sour and and the way that Mr. Allman took my my words and he wrote them down he kind of generalized it he made it sound like I was talking about everybody that I've ever published and that is just not true it's a lie it's a misquote misrepresentation um, I can tell you from my sister Rebecca Lofgren to Ellen Mercer to Creep Creeperson to everybody that worked on the first World of Myth Anthology to Sarah Basor, a.k.a. Sarah St. John. And there was Kelly DeToro. I've published outside of Mythworks and the Dark Myth publications with, like, S. Sadie Burbank. Um, you know, these people, I enjoyed making the books with them. And I want you to quote me on that, Mr. Almond. I absolutely enjoyed what I did with those people. There is an instance where, okay, there's, this shouldn't be much of a surprise. If you're listening to this, you probably know, you know, what's happened. Um, a author from Australia came to us and, and, we were getting the Herotica publications together and, and um, there was a lot of talk and, and was decided that a book was going to be produced and, and Herotica publications, which is an imprint of our um, Mythworks publications, was going to publish this and it was an erotic vampire book. And Terry, who... Everybody knows Terry. Everybody should know who Terry Shear is, the editor. Um, he spent months working on this book. And finally, after working on the book, he sent it to me, and, and I got it formatted, and I put everything together. And we released it on Halloween night, 2011. Now, one of the things that was talked about in the conversations was this author said that she had, you know, hundreds of followers and, and one of the new, newer, not brand new, but newer policies that we put in is that because of after what had happened with the economy, you know, we weren't going to publish just anybody off the street. You had to have some type of fan following, something. And... She was thinking that because of her Facebook following, uh, you know, people would actually purchase her book. And it's free to follow somebody on Facebook. It's free to post, you know, a note to say, 
um, you know, oh yeah, I'll buy the book. You know, it's it's all free until it comes down to actually purchasing the book, and then you know it becomes slim pickings. And so the book did not sell well. Did not sell well. And one of the first issues we had was um, part of the thing that we've done, and you can ask anybody we've ever published. We've always given you know uh, a free author's copy. So we went and we sent uh, the author uh, a copy, you know, her author's copy, and and she in turn replied and said she never got it. Well, she lives in Australia. I, I understand. Things happen. So we bought her another copy and, and sent it. And then after that, she came to us and said, well, one of the, the people that purchased the books, their book is falling apart. Now, mind you, we we went through this printer-distributor for years at this point. I mean, granted, we, ha- we do have a new uh, company that does the books and distributing. But beforehand, we went through a company, and they made good books. Regardless of what people may think, they made very good books. And at that point in time, you know... We literally had sold thousands of books from this printer. We know what kind of grade quality they produce. They, they produced professional grade quality books. And she wrote us and said that, well, her book was, this author's book was, not author, but the author's friend's book, it was falling apart. And I said, well, you know, okay, that's, you know, shit happens. And, um, you know. Go ahead, send it back to us, and, and we'll be more than happy to replace it. Well, that never happened. And as time go, or as time went on, rather, um, there was just more and more issues. Um, one of the things that became forefront in, in all the issues was who we published with. Um, one of the the companies that we distribute and print with was Lulu, Lulu Press. And that was just one of them. That was just, you know, we had a lot of other printers that were running the book too. And part of our game plan at the time, because it's changed, so I can tell you this, is we had set up multiple printers, multiple distribution systems. And that way we could circulate the books quicker and more efficiently throughout the country and and around the world. Well, she was very upset that we went through Lulu. She completely ignored the fact that we had other people in place, but she was just really upset. And, and um, you know, that was our big thing. That was what we were constantly butting heads about. And last year, after an attempt to negotiate with her agent, um, I just, I got tired of, of trying to explain that there is money in this that that I've produced. And when I say I produced, I fund all the projects. That comes out of my pocket. So when I say my money, it's literally my money from my banking account. So that's where that comes from. And <clears throat> we we tried to meet in the middle and, and I just gave up. At that time I was very frustrated. And when I think about it, it still frustrates me. And, and we just concluded that we're just going to give the book back. I was going to eat the money that 
was put out on the book and the distribution and the shipping and everything. And we just kind of left it at that. We signed back over the printing rights and, and now she's going to you know, publish her book somewhere else. And that was what I was referring to in the earlier episode. Um, when I, I said that I got the shit into the stick with that particular issue, um, I did. I did get the shit into the stick. Um, I lost a lot of money. And it's very frustrating because you go about trying to produce these things. And yes, you have the underlying goal of making a profit. I mean, that's business. Um, but when you go and you produce these books and essentially when all a person's following, whether it be like 15, 20 people, once they have their books, you know, the author is content at that. And now they, they want to take their book somewhere else. And I was really frustrated And to be honest with you, with all the authors that I've ever dealt with, I think that was the only one that I ever had any issues with. And that's who I was referring to in the previous podcast that Mr. Allman misquoted me on. Um, And you know what? I don't even have no ill will. I mean, I know that she's gone on in her own personal website and she's called me a a hack and, you know, rip off publisher and whatnot. But, you know, that's fine. That's on her. Um, what that that's over it's on water under the bridge and the way that I was misinterpreted made me sound like I was talking about all the authors in general and that's just not true um, the the Herodican anthology the last book we've put out absolutely had a blast had a blast putting that together had a blast reading the stories um, I can tell you, yes, we, we've, we, how do I explain this? We put it out, what, October last year, and um, we've yet to hit profit. But hey, you know, that's what happens when you, you produce Herotica. And I don't have no ill will towards anybody in that project. In fact, you know, I, I if opportunity ever arose and I decided to publish again, I would probably do a volume two of Ferotica. I would. It was just a fun project to do. Um, and then before that, um, you know, I published S. A. D. Burbank's book, um, Anon, through not not through MythWorks. So it was just my personal project. Absolutely had a blast working with S. A. D. Burbank. S. A. D. Burbank has been a, a good friend of mine for ten years or so now, and and. I was one of the ones that was pushing her to write this book and she finally got it written in and I got it published. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was very fun. There was no stress in the process at all. And then if you even go back one further, uh, Dee Dee Chumley, who published uh, between, what is it? Um, oh, forgive me, folks. I just had a brain fart. Beyond the Furthest Star. It was the Christian book that came out with GISG. I enjoyed doing that book. I did. Um, there was really... Sarah St. John was the editor-in-chief, so she she mainly dealt with everything, and I really had not much to do with it. I mean, I produced the book and, and distributed it and did all the business aspect of things, but, you know, Sarah took care of the majority of it. I mean, there's nothing wrong there either. And, and I, I just... Everybody 
99.9% of the authors I've worked with, I try to still keep in contact with. And that's not because I'm looking to publish their next book or or whatever. It's because I sincerely think of these people as more than just associates, business associates. You know, I I do think of them as, as friends. And honestly, other than the Lamia book, that's the only book that I had any problems with. Everything else is, has done well. And I want to apologize to any of the authors who read that CNN post and felt that I was talking ill will to them. Because if given an opportunity, I would publish their stuff again. You know, if I had to do it over, I would do it over again. Um... You know, and, and hell, even with the Lamia book, that was a learning experience. I'd probably do that again, too, because I learned a lot. You know, and so when I was misquoted on CNN, that, and, you know, and people started getting upset, that, that really kind of tweaked a nerve with me. Um, I don't look at coming back anytime soon as a publisher. I mean... And I've said this until I'm blue in the face, and quite frankly, I'm I'm tired of saying it because you guys already know, but it needs to be said, is once these books, well, we have two books, once they come out, I'm, I'm taking a hiatus from being a publisher, CEO. And yes, I'm going to publish my stuff, my stuff. And the reason that is, is because I've been a publisher of other people for almost 10 years now. And I'm a writer, and I really want to see my name in print. There's nothing more to it. It's not being self-centered. It's not being egotistical. It's just something that I really want to see. I, I want to see my name in print. I want to see my stories in print. And that's why the Jizzlemon Publications has was created. It's just simply because I want to get my stuff out there, my stories out there, and I want people to enjoy them. And I think it's fair. I think it's very fair that, you know, I've published other people for the last 10 years, and I think it's fair to say it's my turn to be published. It's as simple as that. It's not that I hate anybody. You know, I love everybody. And if there was a way to bring back everybody that's been involved, I would. It would, seriously. But it's just that point in time in my life where... I really want to have fun with my stuff. And that's not something mean or or despising to say against anybody. Everybody who writes wants to see their name in print. And I write. And, And for the majority, I think a lot of people still see me as the CEO of a company. And it's going to take a lot of work to change that image to from being a CEO of a company to being a writer. And any writer, you ask any writer, and their main thing is, is they want to get published. Well, I'm a writer too, and I want to get published, and I have the ability to publish my own stuff, so, you know, why? Why not? Why not try it? I mean, not, I'm only going to be publishing through Jaisalmon, you know, I'm looking at getting a, a literary agent and going other places and publishing my stuff, my my writings. And I don't know, folks, it's it's just really frustrating, and I, I 
kind of kick myself in the butt because if I knew I'd gotten so much negative response from people that I personally know about this, I would have never posted it. I put it up as a ha-ha, you know, it's CNN, even though they're talking crap about me, it's still CNN, hey, you know, um, like, as Sadie Burbank said last night in a post, she's like, you know, any publicity is publicity, good or bad, and and that's the way I kind of looked at it, and I, I really didn't think anybody was going to take it personal. Um, so that's my thing, folks. I, I, I never meant to come across to any author that I got the shit into the stick of any project. I mean, the only in project that I, I did get a bad deal on was the Lamia book and I lost a lot of money. Um, you know, Hey, things happen. Things do happen. Let's see. I mean, let's go back to the first book, Book of Dreams. Book of Dreams did well. Book of Dreams didn't do so well here in the United States, but it did really well in the UK. And yes, I did turn a profit. So, you know, why would I have a problem with Book of Dreams? <laughs> it made a profit. You know, that was the first book that got things started. Because if Book of Dreams didn't turn a profit, guess what? I wouldn't have pursued making other books. So Book of Dreams had a great time, had fun, first book. Got everything that I wanted accomplished accomplished in that project. And then we move on. And Ellen Mercer's Greenhouse Murders, which was our first uh, hardback book. Um, you know, I was working with Ellen Mercer on The World of Myth. And she was producing her stuff on The World of Myth for free. Her Greenhouse Murders. And, and I believe I'm the one that came up with the idea of, hey, let's put it in a book. And not let's just put it in a book, but let's put it in a hardback book. And we had fun doing that. I enjoyed reading her monthly installments. And, and once she was done with that, then, you know, we went back and abridged everything into a book. And it was it was a fun time. And even at that, I mean, we didn't make a huge, huge profit, but we were able to get back the money invested. And we made, you know, I, I think we made like $100 profit on that book. But it's okay because it was our second book. You know, we were learning. And... And I had a good time doing it. I did. And then after that, we came out with Creep Creeperson's book, um, Bloodlust Romance. And that was before the Herotica title. We, you know, we had imp implemented uh, Herotica Publications. But um, that was before then. It was, so it came under Dark Myth Publications. And everything involved in that book was enjoyable. I mean, unfortunately, we weren't able to push the book as much as I wanted to push it. And, and I do take responsibility for that because everything that I wanted to do uh, just kind of fell through. And again, it was a learning process. But putting the book together and reading the chapters and everything that went along with it was just so much fun. And I had a blast. You know, and in the end, I think we did finally turn... Uh, well, I don't think we turned profit, but I think we at least made our money back. So... There again, why why be upset with that? Because I got my money back, so I'm I'm happy and everything's good. And you know, we move on to the next book, which was the World of Myth anthology. World of Myth anthology did really well, um, and, and I kind of expected it to do really well because we had a a strong following of the World of Myth at time, 
And we begin with that book. You know, had a blast, enjoyed it. And hell, I was, you know, I had two stories in it myself. And we were able to turn a profit on that and move on to our another, another project. So why would I have an issue with any authors in the world of myth anthology if, again, the goal had been achieved? What would, why? You know, I, I, there is none. You know, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it so much that, you know, I participated in the second anthology. And then, let's see, after the World of Myth anthology, what book, what other book, let's see, we're at 2008 now. So we came up with uh, the kids' book from M, M Kids Press, The Mysterious Journeys. And that was a fun book. Um, S.A. Burbank turned me on to author Kelly DeToro, and she was a special educator. She has, you know, a very tight connection with the autistic community and, and I'm very pro autism community and, and you know I'm an advocate for that and I, I read just a few sample pages well not pages but sample chapters and I knew that I wanted to make the book and it was it was fun I mean unfortunately the timing for her book just kind of it was just that point in time of the year you know because the economy was on a, you know, it was doing great, and then all of a sudden it collapsed underneath us. You know, that was the world economy. Everybody felt the crunch in 2008, especially in 2009. So, but I, again, I, I was able to make my money back. We made a small profit, and, and I enjoyed it. In fact, you know, I, I think that her contract, now that I think about it, I might have to go look at it. I think her contract has a two or three book deal. So she may be entitled to produce two more books under the Mysterious Journey, uh, you know, header. And I, I would love that. Let's do it. You know, let's let's make another kid's book. I, I haven't done it in how many years, you know, four years. Let's do it. Let's make a new kid's book. Um, and that's just the way I feel about it. Again, no ill will. There's, there's no reason for ill will. Um, and I know I think Kelly listens. I don't know if she listens to Who's the Boss, but I know she listens to like... Um, Win in Burbank with uh, Sadie and I, you know, and I, I do. I mean, I don't know her personally on that type of a personal level, but I do consider her uh, a very close acquaintance and a very nice lady that, you know, that I've spoken with over the, you know, the years. And, and I had no problem with her at all. And it was just a fun project to do. And I would do it again, honestly. And then with uh, Sarah St. John, Sarah St. John, you know, I, when I seen the book the first time in my hand, I, I almost got teary eyed and weepy because it, it, it just, for her, you know, her starting with the world of myth and then just, she's gone full circle so many times and she's such a talented writer. And when we completed the Black Hearts, Red Blood Dreams, that book, I mean, we had so much fun. You know, it was just, even in a tough, tough time when her book came out. And as a company, we were just squeaking by. Um, you know, we still enjoyed producing the book. We, we enjoyed collaborating on, you know, how we were going to do things. And, and you know, I, I just, I enjoyed it. It was a good book. 
you know? And in fact, I went and I purchased a couple books for friends of mine uh, to give to my friends because I thought it was just that good of a book. And if I didn't enjoy the experience with her or enjoy the book, why would I do that? Why would I buy the book for friends and give it to them for, as gifts? Um, again, and, and, you know, we could have been all hum glum because it was, you know, a really tough economical time, you know, not only for the company, but for personally, but it, we weren't hum glum about it. We were excited. We were happy to get the book produced and, and, you know, show the world that Sarah St. John had literally come full circle. And I was, I was so excited to have that book. And even as a, someone who wouldn't publish, I would say that if she came to me and said, you know, that she had a new book to publish, I would probably publish it, honestly, because I, I believe in her writing that much. Um, so check Sarah St. John off that list because not only is she an, a professional acquaintance, she's one of the people that I consider a friend. I've known and, and spoke to over the years, and I do. I, I consider her as a, as a friend. So now we're down. We've checked all those people off. And, and again, all those people I've enjoyed working with. Then the book after uh, Sarah's book was... The Dragon Hunters. And that was written by Terry D. Shear. And do I really need to say how much I enjoy working with Terry D. Shear? You know, he's he's my mentor. He's my best friend. And when I had the opportunity to publish one of his books, because let me tell you something, folks. Terry D. Shear owns Gateway Press. He has his own publishing brand he could have published that book all on his own but he decided that he wanted to go with dark myth dark myth publications and i jumped at it brother let me tell you i did i i was just in hog heaven at the fact that i was able to to have an opportunity to publish someone who i respect and admire so much you know publish his work so, again, there's no ill will there. And then, even though Russo, when he was CEO, he came up with the idea of the World of Myth Anthology 2, I, in, you know, I was part of it. I had a story in there. Um, and in the end, though he was gone, he put, pretty much put everything together. I, I published it. You know, I, I was back as the CEO and owner when the book got published. So, you know, in fact, we had always planned on a third volume, you know, in a few years. And I don't know where that'll stand, you know, but if I'm back in the saddle, you know, publishing again, then yes, there will be a World of Myth Anthology Volume 3. And let me tell you something. If I didn't enjoy it, there wouldn't have been plans for a Volume 3. Kind of the same process as the first volume. If I didn't enjoy the first volume, there wouldn't have been a second volume. So everybody involved in that, you know, I enjoyed working with. And it, 
I'm, I'm, I know it, it probably sounds like I'm, like, just kind of rambling on, but I just, I'm trying to make the point that I enjoyed working with everybody involved. And I've, I've covered every book that I can think of that we've published. You know, and the only book that we ever had any issue with was the Lamia book. And like I said, that's water under the bridge. It's just, it is what it is. And I hope that the people listening to this kind of realize that I was taking out of content, or context rather, um, you know, when they were quoting me about my podcast, you know, um, if you want, and I do invite everybody, go listen to the podcast. You can see, you know, what Mr. Allman wrote, you know, he'll write a sentence and then, you know, five minutes later, he'll attach another piece of that sentence to make it read a specific way. Granted, I, I read his, uh, thing a couple times I'm like I don't even remember saying that but I did I went back and I checked and I, I kind of listened to it slowly and then I realized that he what he had done you know in the beginning of the show I said this and then towards the end of the show I said this and he stuck those two sentences together to make one whole sentence to make me look bad as where I did physically say those words but again they were taken out of context um, I love you guys man I, I love Every one of you, it's, it's anybody who's involved in my life is family to me. You know, one of the things I've learned in my years is that you don't have to be blood to be family. And if you're involved in my life, I consider you as family. And it's as simple as that. I never had no ill will making anybody's book. Because if I did, I wouldn't have made the book. You know, it's as simple as that, folks. You know, and I hope you realize, I hope everybody realizes that I was taken out of contents. And, you know, go give Mr. Almond hell for starting this crap. You know, and I don't know what his problem is. I, I've never met him. We never had no meetings. We never had anything to do with each other. Um other than what he posted about me. So I, I don't know what his thing is and why he says I've turned my back on the people because I wouldn't turn my back on you guys. In fact, I, I think the way I look at it now is with Jaiselmon and the Jaiselmon cast, you know, you guys are still getting a story. It's still free, you know. So, I mean, other than having to read it, you get to listen to it. And it's just a new medium. You know, and I do that every what 10 years something like that remember i went from making comic books to making novels and, and websites and then from that you know now i've gone to doing podcasts it's just i'm still telling stories it's just a new medium so that's pretty much all i have to say on that folks it's you know i was taken out of context i enjoyed every single book that i've produced i mean i even enjoyed producing the Lamia book. It was fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't have done it. And um, I'm sorry that I, I posted that. I'm sorry if people didn't get my sense of humor on it. Um, and Mr. Almond, if you if 
if you have any questions, just write me, man. Just drop me an email. You can email me personally. You could send it to info at Jaselmon. It'll get forward to me. If you have any questions, brother, just ask. I, I will be more than happy to talk to you about whatever you want to ask me. And I'll give you a straightforward answer. I won't beat around the bush. Okay? So we'll just leave it at that. Okay, folks. Um, since we're at the 36-minute mark, I, one of the things that I wanted to also talk about is that this is going to be the last podcast um, until March 1st. We're going to be taking a break for a while. I, I've got a lot of stuff that I, I got planned up. Um, and I'm hoping that when we launch, you're really going to get into what I have in store for you as, as far as podcast-wise. Um, one of the things, let's see, what are we covering? We're implementing new devices to make the sound quality better for the, the podcasts. Um, if you listen to them, from the website or you download from the website, they're like 96 bits. Um, and no, they're 64 bits. I'm sorry. But if you go and you purchase the, you know, the premium, they're 128. And I, I just felt that I wanted to make it a little bit better for people, you know, because that's a, a big gap, you know, 64 to 128. That's double the sound quality. And though I think it does sound good, um, I, I'm going to be trying to up the quality of our sound bits on the website. So that's going to take some time to do. Um, we're changing the the website a little bit to be more user-friendly, to navigate through things a little bit more. And taking a month off, I actually think, might be a little bit optimistic you know i've got a lot of stuff to do within that 28 days of february to get done you know to have it ready by march 1st but we're gonna go we're gonna go through we're still gonna record um so there won't be no any more late shows and that was kind of one of my big issues was i wanted to have them out you know i said that it, this show will be out on this day and this show will be out on that day and and you know Sometimes it, it takes longer than not because um, as if you listen to the show, you probably already know that I work at a hospital and things have picked up a little bit more uh, than the last few months. And I've been more busy working at the hospital. So when I'm at the hospital, obviously I can't get on the computer and, you know, listen to a, a podcast and edit the podcast and upload it and send it online. So, with this, we're also going to continue to record, and we'll have them ready to go. So all I have to do is push a button, and they go live. And I can do that at work on my cell phone. And that was kind of the big issue, because if I say, you know, who's the boss is going to come out on Thursdays, by golly, I want it to come out on Thursday. You know, not Friday morning, not Saturday morning. And that was kind of my, my big issue with that. So, like I said, we're going to take a month off, and we're going to get things a little bit more organized. And also, I, I need to figure out, because I've, I've received uh, some information that, for some reason, iTunes isn't updating our subscribers. Now, iTunes is updating 
the page. And for some reason, I don't know why iTunes is only carrying like uh, one show per page. I don't understand why uh, they're not just tacking them on there. So I'm looking, I'm going to try to find out and get some answers to that as well. Um, and for the subscribers on iTunes, you know, why aren't you being updated as well? You know, when we put out a new show, you know, because we do other than who's the boss. And that's just because I'm really busy, you know, with life and, and everything else. You know, sometimes I've missed, you know, a couple of weeks. I, I've tried to been really diligent, you know, these last few weeks, you know, coming out with one every week. But for the most part, uh, like Saturday segments, uh, who's the boss? No, not who's the boss. Win, Win and Burbank. Okay, Win and Burbank has not missed one show. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know, folks. I, I, I'm still kind of stuck on the whole press release thing, and I apologize for that. Um, so we're going to be taking a break in February, it can take 28 days, like I said, to get everything situated, and, um, you know, in March 1st, we'll, we'll come back, and hopefully you guys will enjoy what we have in store for you. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, we're at the halfway mark of the season one of The End, and I want to know how you guys are digging it. Um go and send me an email or you can go to the forum. Um, it's info at jazomon.com, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. And let me know what you guys think of the first season. Um, if you guys are digging it, then I'll, I'll try to put out season two a little bit faster. If, if I'm not getting a lot of reaction, then maybe, you know, I, I should move on to another project because I do realize that the end is kind of an old story that I'm just gradually rewriting, um, you know, for a new audience. You know, because <clears throat> look at it this way. When I wrote it, say, say you were eight years old back then and now, you know, nine years later, you're 17 you know, and though people back then who are reading it have, you know, pretty much passed on and, and, and moved on to other things, you know, I'm, I'm hitting a new readership of, of people. So I'm trying to make it fresh and new and, and offer it in various ways. Also, uh, let me know if you guys were digging the, the audio files. You know, did any of you guys download the audio files? And, and if you did, let me know. You know, if you want me to bring back Jesse and, and finish up season one to, you know, for him to narrate the story, because that was a fun. I mean, personally, even though I've written it, um, I, I dug the way he did his performance and, and read the, the, the manuscript of the story. So if you guys just give me some info on that, um, Let's see, this Sunday, I think it's going to be episode 9 or chapter 9, however you want to pronounce you know, and they're going to be going into, well, no, they're already in Nevada now, so some fun stuff is about to really pick up. Um, you think that it's been action-packed thus far, it, it's going to be a lot more, 
in the coming, let's see, if it's nine, so then there's, there's what, eight, no, let's see, seven, I think there's seven more stories after that, and it's, it's gonna be, you know, a really neat journey for Lucas and Michael and Maria and, and Renee and everybody involved in the end. And I love writing that story. I've always loved writing the story. I love the fact that, you know, after all these years, I have an opportunity to go back in and, you know, retell the story. Also, since I'm on the end, uh, let me know if you guys would be interested in maybe a, a, a paperback of season one. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that I leave out just because of time restrictions, you know, me sitting down putting things into PDF file or the Kindle file. Um, I have, there's so many other things that got cut out in the first adventure. And if anybody's interested, you know, email me or go to the forum, let me know. That way I'll know. And Maybe I'll put out, you know, season one and paperback so you can actually have something to hold in your hands and, you know, sit back on the couch or in bed or in the tub or whatever and, and you know, read the journeys of the Gray family, but enjoy it in a new light with new adventures that got cut out. Uh, you know, something, like I said, just because of time restriction. Uh, let's see, what else am I doing? Um... I've been working on a movie script, and I'm, I'm not saying much about it. It's just um, very interesting. It's not my idea. It's taken off of a short story written by somebody. And I read the story the other day. I reread the story. And I was like, wow, what a, what a good movie this would be. So I've actually started just kind of dabbling with that and working on a movie script and and if I get a literary agent and and if it's suitable maybe maybe I'll see if I can sell it you know instead of trying to produce it myself that would be pretty cool too um and other than that that's pretty much it for me um I'm still looking into what classes I'm going to take because I'm going back to college and uh you know wife kids that's taking a lot of my time. So, and, and plus, like I said, though you guys won't be hearing us for the next 28 days, we are still going to continue to, you know, record the podcast. So I'll guarantee you, I'm still going to be busy. Even though you guys won't be hearing from me, um, I'll, I'll still be busy. And let me jump back to Mr. Almond. Um, Again, I want to tell Mr. Allman that, again, if you have any questions, just email me. I really, I would like to talk to you. Um, in fact, if you want to call me, I would be more than happy to actually have a real conversation with you. Um, you can email me and neither you can email me your number and I can call you or you can email me and then I'll email you my number. And I, I would really like to talk to you and, and kind of pick your brain and find out what you're upset about. Um, also, if you're inclined, and this is for the listeners, uh, there, there'll probably be an official press release coming out here soon. Uh, me addressing, you know, this whole issue with the CNN press release. Um, uh, 
I, I can't help but feel kind of flattered, you know. I mean, I'm just Dave, you know. I'm nothing special. And, you know, here I am at a CNN controversy. That's that's pretty neat. Um, though I wish it was something more positive than <laughs> what's going on. But, you know, hey, I guess at least I'm getting somebody's attention out there in, in the World Wide Web and I just wish you guys give me some more positive feedback than, you know, rebuttals on negatives. But I'll, I'll take what I can get, you know. <clears throat> life is, is what it is. And, and like the old saying goes, if lemon, or if life gives you a lemon, make lemonade. And, uh, for me though, I, I'd probably go along and say I'd, I'd make kamikazes instead of lemonade. They taste a little bit better and have a better effect on you, you know. But I'm just being silly. So, that's pretty much it for me. I, I appreciate everybody sitting around and, and listening to me, you know, talk and explain and, and try to clear the air a little bit. And I hope uh, everybody has a good next 28 days. Everybody enjoy Valentine's. You know, stay close to your loved ones. Um, and I'll see you on March 1st. Let's see. Mar- yeah, March 1st. Which is a Friday, so we'll be coming back with a brand new Sheer Darkness with uh, Terry DeSheer and I. And, and, you know, he he just comes up with some really cool stuff to talk about. And he, he really makes you think. And uh, I don't know what we have planned for our, our return March 1st show. But then, you know, like I said, March 1st, we'll be back with Sheer Darkness. And then March 2nd, we're going to be coming back with... Uh, Larry Walton and Saturday segments and then we get right back on track with you know Monday through Saturday our our shows there and uh, you know I, I hope you guys enjoy what we we do uh, you know though we enjoy having our conversations and talking to each other you know we we post it for everybody to listen to because we want to entertain you you know, that's essentially what we are in the end, is we're entertainers. And we just want you to forget about life just for an hour. Um, and, and just kind of enjoy our silliness. So that's it for this month, folks. Um, like I said, I'll be back March 1st with Terry DeShear on Sheer Darkness. And I am David K. Montoya. So come back next time as we continue to search for the age-old answer to the question of who's the boss. Good night, and take care. I have to admit, that's kind of embarrassing to listen to. I I, I really did. I was just whining, and, and you know, uh, later on, uh, I think it took like a month or so for me to completely kind of get my grips in reality again. But uh, it, what it came down to, folks, is is people were like, you know, you hurt my feelings, I'm going to take my toy and go home. And that's pretty much the way I felt, you know, and, and uh, this CNN article, which, you know, I was flattered that <laughs> CNN would actually put a an article about yours truly, but it, it just was really negative and it hurt and, and I got all, you know, wussed out about it. But I'm over it and things are good. All right, kids, that's it for this week. I do want to wish each and every one of you a happy Valentine's Day. I hope you all found love today. And if not, then you found love right here on Flashback Fridays. And come back next week 
as we continue to dive into the Jazel Modcast archives and we listen to even some embarrassing moments from yours truly. And we do it three times every week, right here only on Flashback Fridays. Have a good night. <laughs>